Welcome to the State of the Markets podcast. I'm Paul Rodriguez of thinktrading.com. I'm Tim Price of pricevaluepartners.com. And our returning guest is Zach Meir. Zach is a financial markets commentator and presenter. He's a financial analyst and CEO interviewer. You can find him at zachmeir.com. Welcome back, Zach. Hello. It's God. God has joined the call. <laughs> well, that's Eric Clapton. What are you talking about, dudes? <laughs> no, it's, it is literally God. Who's I, bet, I bet nobody so, even knows who Eric Clapton is anymore, actually. They've already all died in COVID, didn't they? Apart from him, obviously. That generation. Possibly. I, well, I know who he is, so, you know. Yeah, but you're old. I'm talking about young people <laughs> under under 50. I mean, there's like, you know, there's a line. Do we, do we have any listeners under 50? Oh, it's all it's all the old middle-aged, you know, the middle-aged mafia, isn't it? Yes, yeah, so I mean, our audience will know who he is, and that's the important thing. So, what's going on? I made copious notes for this, actually. Oh, did you? Right. You prepared. Oh, it's, it's just, it's just, um, I know, but I didn't, I didn't they, they, they come, you know, you have to deliver them in, in a comedic fashion and everything else, right? So, you know, like one of them, which I know, you know, you'd love, right, just to start off with a bit of a bang. You know, one of those things you had on, um, uh, on an ice cream, on an ice lolly when you were a kid, you know. Forget the Battle of Britain. The Luftwaffe and Operation Sea Line, all the Germans had to do was get in a rubber dinghy at Calais to beat the UK. I had a variation on that one, which is all we need to do is have the port staffed by doctors, room receptionists, and no one would ever manage to set foot in this country again from abroad. No, that's good as well. I love that. <laughs> no, because but, but that was on you know, that was on that was basically on Twitter, mm. and then and then there was like so I thought that was you know I just thought that was because it makes your brain like you know it, you know it's a bit like that thing with the receptionist as well. Because my father was a doctor, so I, I know what they were like. I don't know how you Doc, doctor GP. What's that, granddad? Yes, a, exactly. a functioning national health service. What's that, granddad? Oh no! Well, no, I, that, that one I know actually because um, as my parents were, you know, my parents were GPs from the late, the mid '60s. Yeah, but they were probably GPs that like just weren't hiding under the bed or trapped in the south of France, self-quarantining. Well, initially they were trapped in Glasgow because that's where they went from from Pakistan. So they had a practice there, which was which must have been mind-boggling in 1965 or six or whatever it is. They sort of turn up. Um, my father went down a coal coal mine to see a patient. Oh my God! He, he treated uh, Jackie Stewart's mother. I mean, he, obviously, you know, it would have been a story—a story to tell. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. What did you um, have? Yeah, especially if you're a teetotal in Glasgow as well. I mean, that must have been a real achievement, you know, to to, to do that, which they were. The only, not the only, only, that, two not only that, but try try visiting Glasgow and try and find this place that sells vegetables with meals. It may actually be impossible. Well, no, I suppose as they were living in a hospital initially, or they were, you know, there, there was actually a bit of, uh, there was actually a bit of, um, you know, t- t- healthy food theoretically, I suppose. Um, but yeah, no, the, uh, actually what I was talking about now, but um, no, I had the other, I had the other sort of, I wanted to make notes because I just didn't want to forget all the, the juicy stuff that's happened, you know, since we last spoke. Yes, it seems which like a millennium away. It's just which incredible. obviously, um, yes. I mean, after the um, the, uh, the the non-labor victory, um, it was it was <laughs> ironic. It was ironic to see uh, how far to the left, you know, we actually went. It was like you know, forget Corbyn and you know Diane Abbott's mathematics or economics. Um, you know, the the Rishi Dishi Rishi's uh, economics is just. I mean, it, it makes them look like. Um, what is, what is it? You know, uh, Milton Friedman. Milton Friedman. You know, it's absolutely. I mean, what's going on? Well, I, I want to give a acknowledgement to 
uh, Sir Dan of C on uh, Twitter, at Sir Dan of C. He came up with this classic a week or two ago, which was, the 2019 general election threatened us with the prospect of a big state socialist authoritarian who wanted to treat our NHS as a deity, shut down our liberties and tank the economy. Unfortunately, he won. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that was that was the case because it was actually. I mean, because I'll always be, even though I'm, you know, introducing me as a god. I felt like, you know, I felt like a total muppet when um, there was a massive majority for for for, for Johnson. But it was it, it was sort of the case that you know the obviously what happened showed that you know it was a, it was a, a labor we were in labor mode let's say, and then also the whole um, the, the whole sort of. Um, uh, the idea that uh, you know that we were choosing two different things uh, was clearly completely wrong. I mean, it was just complete. You know, that it was we were only going to get one thing, and it didn't really matter who it was going to. You know, who was going to serve it up, whether it was Corbyn or or uh, or, or Boris Johnson. And it, I don't think I don't think if you look at it, that the, the mentality of the Conservative government is actually turned out to be any different from the Labour one. And it was just amazing, really. Uh, partly why I try and stay out of politics. Personally, because I think they're all basically the same. But I did have well, some. I, I voted. I voted for you at the last election, Paul. I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody who says they're staying out of politics is always like a Lib Dem person, which is what you sound like, Paul. So no you way. Can't get out no, of it. no, no, no. I'm you not. Can't I'm not of, you can't no. get out of it like that. No, you know? no. It's a convenient excuse isn't it, for the Lib Dems. I try and stay out of politics, despite the fact that I'm a teachers. <laughs> it's the sort of thing that teachers say to you. No, you it's know not totally, in that sense. Not in that sense. They in the sense, have a Lib Dem they have all, an SDP sticker on the back of the in the back window. What I mean is, like, they you know, all let you down eventually. And with Boris Johnson, you know, like I, woman, I, 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 I was very, I'm very much a capitalist. I very much, you know, believe in the free market. And when. Boris Johnson got in. I, the wave of optimism that was that it was lasted, permeate, it lasted it, about three or four seconds. That, that it was, was gorgeous, wasn't it? It was gorgeous. It was permeating from mainly from Tim, and I loved it. <laughs> and I was like, going, "This is great," because you know he's my kind of default to what's going on in politics. But it's all evapor- it's all evaporated, and it's like, oh no, again. You know, no, I just really again, again. It's all it's all gone like this. I just I can't think, believe I it. I think what's happened is that a stealth asteroid, uh, full of insanity, has crashed into the world without anybody noticing, and everyone's just gone mad. Um, I, I find it it's now impossible to write anything relating to market commentary except by alluding to either episodes of the Twilight Zone or else invasion of the body snatchers. So, you know, you can't beat a good crashing metaphor. And to give you an example, this is from the Daily Mail, okay, which I admit is not necessarily everyone's cup of tea, but is, I think, probably the... In fact, I think I, I remember reading that the Daily Mail website is like the most, most traffic newspaper in the world. It has more eyeballs than... It attracts more eyeballs than... Any, anyway, it, it, it is a, you know, a, a high-traffic high traffic site. So this is from, this is from the Daily Mail today. Now snowflakes are triggered by full stops. Sensitive readers find the humble dot, quote, weird, mean, or too blunt. What? And so basically, they're, they're having a full stop in, in any form of communication is deemed to be culturally unacceptable. No, which no, is, no, no. Which is fabulous for me because I've always <laughs> been a fan of the semicolon. <laughs> so my, uh, having waited 51 years for this moment, I can now live a life completely 
well, a life of absolute joy and 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 happiness unconfined. Is that is that like on. an unconscious fear of death? Like you know, uh, Steve Jobs didn't want to have an off button on on his phone because he was he was like he had this this fear of death apparently. And Could it's be. like you just don't want to full stop because it's like it's got to con- everything's got to continue. You can just have a capital letter, but you can forget the full stop. Just have no, you're not allowed capital letters either. They oh, already, like they shouting, already had a problem with or... exactly. So fascist, are they? No, that yeah. is that. That can't be right. They must be making this. Uh, well, we've had this before, where we think they're making this stuff up, and then you you find out they're actually not. Season season for fin- 2020 season finale for humanity is turning out to be an absolute belter. <laughs> <laughs> but I just wanted I wanted to go on to I wanted to go on to I actually wanted to just quickly do Boris because it, it was obvious as soon as he was elected Some, someone's got to or, I suppose um, and even or even before he was elected all he was trying to do was impress his birth Prime <laughs> Minister obviously that impressed her. Uh, she 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 she, she you knows she had uh, what's his name Wilfred or whatever his name is stupid name and old you know faux old fashioned name and uh, they went on holiday to Mustique and they were buggering around because she was pregnant or whatever it was. And he was totally, you know, he, he, he the whole thing has just been, he said, he said to Dominic Cummings, uh, you know. We may never know what he said. <laughs> Is it Zach? Outsourced the job to Cummings. And that's what's happened. We, we have our Lord Protector. We're in a Cromwellian age, you know, with the, that, that, uh, that lovely man. Chris, Christmas has been banned. Yes, exactly. It's just, it's literally, it's the new, the, the Lord protects the new protectorate. So we have the Cummings protectorate and uh, away we go. So, but uh, Boris was never going to do anything. All he wanted to do was pre- be prime minister, have that on the CV. And that's it. I mean, he, he's, you know, he's, he's job done. He's number one in the UK. It's like being number one in the US. He's just, that's the pinnacle. Thank you very much. He's no, he had never had any interest in doing anything at all. So we just, you know, the, all the campaign and everything else was done by Cummings. And here we are. So possibly that's why unconsciously you didn't think he would he would win because you you could see um, through that is that was that what you're saying? I th- I, th- I think that the, no no I didn't I didn't see through that. I think what I saw was that the country and the people are generally the the heart is you know totally of the the the, the sort of the handouts furlough this that you know, that was already you know, most the, the electorate that, that has the voice and obviously remain et cetera et cetera. But somehow, whatever we, whatever is voted for, because of the, the sort of gerrymandering of the electoral system of you know having rural areas equal, you know, equal or greater to you know to the the uh, the um, urban areas in terms of the influence of their vote, uh, then you get you get it's just a bit like in the US, you have you know the the uh, fly, flyover states are always going to beat uh, the the you know the California and uh, and New York. And so you'll get Trump again on that basis, so because the, the mathematics of uh, the electoral system, uh, the first past the post, will, will always favour um, the, the the right of centre candidate. Biden's going to lose again. He probably won't be aware of it, but he's going to lose again. He's, you know, he's going to lose, you know. So just it's just it's almost impossible. And also the other thing is obviously getting onto the, the subject, which is the proper subject of this uh, this uh, particular podcast. The stock market's through the roof. When the stock market is through the roof, uh, the incumbent always wins. Yes. Unless you're Jimmy, Car- unless you're Jimmy Carter. I mean, you go, it's a bit unlucky, I think. But um, oh, it's it's almost every single time. The, 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 and in this case, I mean, literally, you know, the normal they say, you know, a chimp, a chimp throwing a dart at the FT could make money. Now the chimp doesn't even need the dart. I mean, you just, like, you just, you just do anything. 
uh, small cap areas absolutely through the roof. It's never been so, you know, this is probably greater, greater bull market in small caps uh, than the dot-com bubble. Uh, probably a much nicer, easier uh, exercise than the dot-com bubble, although obviously then you can just buy anything with dot-com on the end. Now it's a bit more, uh, it's a bit wider, something with Farmer on the end or something with... Um, Tesla on the end. You know, at, you know, yeah, something, you know, yeah, 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 just Tesla on the end or the beginning or just saying that they, <laughs> they, they like Tesla. Uh, so... I, th- th- I think that's the real the, the real miracle. I think uh, you know on a, on a, on the upbeat front, apart from you know we live in a, in a sort of idiocracy and a you know in a sort of uh, political correctness tyranny, uh, is that at least the stock market is uh, in good shape and it's a liquid market and you can I, I think I don't I I think you can make money to make to make up for you know there are all these Robin Hood traders making money. And I think a lot of you know, well, a decent proportion of them will be making money because I think it's almost impossible not to make money in this in this market as long as you're not overgeared. I would just like to, I would just like to, in, en passant, thank whoever came up with the the Joe Biden meme, uh, which has uh, creepy Joe or sleepy Joe. I don't know what the latest what what we're supposed to refer to him. Um, not long for this world, Joe. Joe, but anyhow, it's a picture of Joe Biden at one of his rallies, and the quote is, and it's, it's his quote: "If you're paddling upstream in a canoe and a wheel falls off, how many pancakes fit in a doghouse? None, because <laughs> ice cream doesn't have bones." Now, if that isn't the defining political tweet of 2020, then I'd like to know what is. Nope. Yes. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I would. I don't know what it is. So I'd like to know what it is. Yeah. But um, on, on the subject of, of the markets there, Zach, you make a good point about there's, there's been some very strong moves to the upside, to say the least. But there has been also quite a lot of notable f- fragmentation of the, uh, the bank stocks and the oil stocks, which and also across Europe, the European stock markets are not performing very well. And at various degrees, from the DAX index doing OK to the usual sort of Italian, Portuguese, Spanish, etc. stock markets doing very badly and still really underperforming. So it is very much a tech-dominated and, um, as you say, pharma-dominated market, which I think is dangerous. And I, it's also, it's been led by a decline in the dollar. There's, there is definitely a link between risk on and weak, weakness in the dollar as we've seen in the precious metals, I think you've got to be careful that that could reverse with a bit of a bang. And if it does, then you'll see risk risk off pretty quickly. But for now, yeah, the, the, game, is, the game is on, as it were. But I think you've got to be very careful, um, especially because, you, like you say, it, it does look almost, inverted commas, too easy. Yeah, but this is the one time not to be careful. This is you know, this is where you're wrong. I mean, you see, we're in a helicopter money zone. If you lose all your money, you can't be evicted. I mean, you know, it's fantastic. You just bet, bet the farm on everything. Uh, there's no cautious at all. Caution required at all. Mm-hmm. I don't. And know. that's what people. That's what people are doing. I mean, they, you know, they're spending all their furlough money on stocks. Yeah. And basically, yeah. if they blow it, they can't get kicked out of the house. Yeah. Well, you know, what's not the right? Yeah, you yeah, know, I, I get it. But how long will that party last? I mean, the the US. It's going to last. It's going to last as long as there's COVID, which. Uh, that can be extended for years. You know, to be fair, you did actually say this. I've I've got a, a, a memory of you saying this before, saying that they're just going to keep pumping the market up. And I don't know, I just didn't want to believe that to be the case. But it's 
It is true. I mean, it's uh, and Tim's talked it's about even MMT. Better. And also, I think I think the other thing, which which uh, I'm sure Tim will know, that these cycles. I think maybe he's, I've heard it from him actually. These cycles. In the end, it's in, in ancient Rome. They had a debt jubilee, and that's basically what we're, we're at. That now we're basically at the debt jubilee now. Well, this is this is something that I I, I give, give give credit to my my colleague Killian Connolly for because he's he studied this stuff. Um, I think at the LSE in a sort of postgraduate course. Now I wouldn't normally be a fan of the LSE, but I think uh, on this occasion they may they may actually have been on. Left he, he might have, weeks. It was yeah, he, he, he might have been on the right track. But basically, his point is monetary systems change get used to it. So the idea that, you know, monetary systems are you know, basically are, are timeless and and perpetuate you know to the nth degrees is not true. They change. And apparently the the typical duration of a monetary system is around 30 years. Well what passes for monetary system today has been around since the Nixon gold shock of nineteen the early nineteen seventies, I think it was seventy one when he took the dollar off gold. Yeah. So it's already in the history of monetary systems, this one is already looking a little bit old. Um, but the but the point is the point is it's, it's thirty years. It finished in thirty years because obviously that was the GFC in in, in 08, So that basically was the thirty year thing. They managed to extend it, um, and uh, you know, so it's another. But it was it was it was always out of date. But the point, but his but his point being that people are thinking, oh my god, what's it going to look like? But the reality is, it always changes. There is always something new. There's always something that follows it. So the idea that change is automatically to be feared is not necessarily valid. We just have to be prepared for something to replace it. What do you think so, could replace it, Tim? I have absolutely no idea. Mm. But the thing is, the in terms of you know the, the the monetary insanity that's been perpetuated for the last twelve years, it's off the charts. What, so what you've been saying, Tim, about you know, you walk around the streets and you, I know it's August and it, it, you would expect lower footfall for these companies, but um, it's it's just how are we going to get people? There's so, so I, many so businesses. I, so I've seen this twice. So I've, I've, been, I've, I've So I'm, I'm walking from basically NW3, so Hampstead, Belsize Park, through to the first time was when I went walked over to our, our service offices over in Hatton Garden about a month ago. And more recently, I went over to have a drink in Common Garden with uh, one of my publishers, a guy called Boaz Shoshan at South Bank Research. And that was on a Saturday about, about a fortnight ago. The point is, in both cases, one was like during the, the mid-morning on a weekday, and more recently it was on a Saturday morning, just before lunchtime or around lunchtime. I would guesstimate that the footfall in central London was 10%, or the traffic full stop was around 10% of what it ought to have been. What about your area, Zach? It's the same, uh, same around Bayswater as well. It's like a, it's like living in a village. It's actually, it's wonderful. Actually, so no irritating office workers. But, but, it's but, just but London it's cannot survive uh, an economic depression of this magnitude. Uh, London Transport's already irretrievably bankrupt. So I don't know how Sadiq Khan gets gets a bailout for the for the buses and for the tubes. But the bottom line is, this stuff is simply not sustainable, um, and. You know, and it's it's just heartbreaking, not least because it didn't have to happen. You know, the, I I I'm not aware of anybody who's now making a cogent case for lockdown or for any of the other farcical measures that have been introduced. And yet, so now we've got now we're at the tail end, what appears to be at the tail end of a basically an epidemic of slightly nasty flu that basically is most likely to kill people over the age of eighty with pre-existing conditions. So now that's that's largely dissipated and run its course. Everyone has to wear a, a face a face nappy. No, but there's I, I, the, the problem with the problem with your argument is that uh, as all arguments are at the moment, they're political. So people, you know, you are 
Oh no! The black helicopters got- have taken out Zach again. <laughs> Tom, the right, with the right. The, Zach, the, Zach, no, Zach, just, right, just hold right on thing. a sec. Hold on a sec. We lost you. So you said you are, and then we lost you. Yeah. yeah. So basically, uh, Tim's argument is a right-wing argument, uh, which said, you know, basically we should there shouldn't have been a lockdown. We never really needed a lockdown. We destroyed the economy uh, for no reason. Blah blah blah. And obviously, all the lefties saying, "Oh, it's what horrible! It's oh, it's terrible! Uh, we have to, you know, we should uh, have more restrictions. Keep furlough going forever." you know, mortgage holiday forever, et cetera, et cetera. So basically the, the, the credibility of what you, what you say is, is ruined by the fact that you're interpreted as being a right-wing person. And we've been ruined on the whole thing because of the, our polarity, the left, left, you know, the woke, anti-woke, the left-wing, right-wing thing. So Tim's argument is a classic, you know, neoconservative right-wing type of thing that uh, we ruined the economy for nothing and COVID was just a sneeze. You know, it was nothing. And on the, but the problem is he's, he's, his arguments undermined because pe- people see, oh, this is a, a right wing person. We don't like right wing people. We are, we're going to ignore what, we, what, what he's saying. And then on the other side, you have the people who don't want to open the schools. They don't want to do anything. They want to keep on furlough. And between them, we've had the disaster that we've had between those two battles, that polarity that we have. It's just the same as the Brexit Remainer thing. It just becomes a, pol- a polarized argument where both sides collect, you know, jointly lead us into disaster. Well, but both sides basically talk past each other because of vicious identitarian politics. And so why, well, you know, they're just like, you know, it's just like the Black Lives Matter and the, the anti-Black everything we have. Why is everything we have in a, in a polarity which guarantees we don't get the middle ground, we don't do either, we don't do... The, either the left agenda or the right agenda properly. Either if it was your agenda, Tim, then there wouldn't have been a lockdown. Uh, well, it would have been Sweden. We, 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 would have, we would have done what Sweden successfully seems to have achieved. And and if, if, if there were the... I, mean, I appreciate there's no counterfactual here, so we'll never know. But it, it seems that... It's what seems abundantly clear to me is that if Boris had not allowed himself to, to wet the bed... By by our media and social media, then this this mess may never have happened. But it seems that, it, that they were originally going for kind of like herd immunity strategy, but the the media whipped up such a firestorm that that, that basically became impossible. Yeah, so that, that, the le- that's but that's a, that's the lefty media. So uh, no, for sure. So if anyone has blood on their hands apart from you know, every member of the cabinet, then it's 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 what passes for our, our uh, mainstream media. But then, uh, uh, exactly. But then, why we can't we can't get anything right? We'll never at the moment we can't get anything right on anything because we we automatically end up in this uh, mutually hating polarity. And it just seems we can't we can't make a decision on anything. We can't do anything properly. Um, And I, it's I mean, this is the idiocracy, really. We just do the worst of all worlds on any particular issue because. You know that it seems to be where the, the the least amount of complaint will come. So speaking of the worst of all, speaking of the worst of all possible worlds, did you did you both see the tweet from Greater Manchester Police on Friday, which said, uh, said at GM Police update. Officers attended a property in Swinton where three families were celebrating a child's birthday in a private garden. The homeowner has been issued with a fixed penalty notice. Oh God. That that is the world we now inhabit. Mm. Yeah, but then, yeah, but then that's the sort of that that is the sort of uh, what you call it like the communist era 
uh, type of you know uh, stomping on people. You know that. Uh, the- well, it's, it's the Stasi. It's it's East, East Germany. Yes, exactly. So we've got that as well. So we, we you know we've got a mixture. Of, we've got a wonderful um, you know collection of, of the worst of uh, greatest of all the worst eras in history. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, the, the, but the real thing is this is how we managed to, for instance, with, with the lockdown, it was too late. Uh, it, was, it was too late, plus it destroyed the economy. Plus, you know, it was, it was literally the worst possible. It was exactly the, the, the Venn diagram. We were right there, you know, the bullseye of doing the worst thing too late and then destroying the economy, just in time, destroying the economy Everything and killing as many people as possible, everything that you could have, and then doubling down rather than rather than remotely accept that maybe certain mistakes might have been made. So you double down with face masks, you double down with sunk costs fallacy, you know, left, right, and centre. And you now, and I now read that that Joe Biden said, well, if if the U.S. economy needs to be destroyed to prevent COVID, he's perfectly happy happy to be the guy to do it. This oh, is this is. So wow. UK-wise, do you think there'll be a second wave stroke lockdown or second reaction? I don't think, I don't think there can be a second wave just because uh, all the people who had to get, who were, you know, uh, who had to go, or most of them who people had to go, have already gone. They were all sent to care homes in, 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 at the end of March. So, so that, you know, the bulk of the deaths, I mean, the, the, you can have the COVID around and people being infected and having the, case, the cases, but I don't think you'll ever have as many people dying now because the nhs did the job um all the all the you know the the, the weak hands have been shaken out so what so, so why isn't why are we getting these these uh, terrible sort of reactions knee-jerk to say you know the, the poor people that have had to come back from france in a panic because they've got to they've got to isolate for 14 yeah, but that days. was idi- that was idiotic too that we, basically <laughs> while while covid continues there shouldn't be any international travel anyway. There should be there should be no holidays. Used to be like essential travel only if somebody wants to see they're dying somebody or this or that. But that's idiotic too. If we actually do have COVID, there's no uh, the worst thing is to have air travel. Air travel was is the biggest disaster, and that should have been locked down at the end of January. I mean, I think maybe New Zealand was early on. I think they did the third of February. They stopped. They they closed the doors uh, because there's a woman in charge, so they have some sense there. Well, you, you, say, you say that, but locking down for New Zealand was only ever a policy that was going to buy time. It, it, it doesn't change anything. It simply kicks into the long grass the, the timescale of which everyone gets infected. And to be fair, you can't have both arguments that we shouldn't have done anything and that we now shouldn't be flying. In fact, we've been, it's been so idiotic you can't because what it should have been is as soon as there was even a whiff of the, of the virus in, in China... There, there sh- the border should have been, no, nobody should have been allowed to come from China. It was obvious. It was common sense in January, it, you know, for, for somebody paranoid like me, it was obvious to me, I don't want people coming here from China for the Chinese New Year. It was all, it was all there. It was all there. It was all uh, there in an open, you know, plain sight. Um, I've been watching, because you normally ask, you know, what's your favourite media thing at the moment? And uh, for a change, I actually have something which, I'm, uh, which I like. Oh, cool. Uh, which, is the, which is um, Survivors, which is the uh, 1975 uh, science fiction series, um, which talks about... It's increasingly looking like a light romantic comedy. <laughs> which, uh, no, no, it looks, looks like... And on, and on that point, I would also like to credit the guy, who, whichever genius on Twitter, had the, theme, the, the, the opening sequence to Survivors overlaid by the theme tune to Butterflies by Carla Lane. 
And then, to top that, they had butterflies with the theme tune to The Survivors. <laughs> Some very creative people out there. So Yeah, so, 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 so basically... Um, you know, it was. It, it, if we if we had a obviously we don't have a brain operating on this. There's no the I you know the 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 equivalent IQ of the government must be sort of eighty or something or ninety. You know, for instance, you know the, the situation with the the face mask thing. Obviously, they didn't say they, they couldn't say wear a face mask because there weren't enough of those proper face masks uh, around. You know, Jan, you know February, March or whenever it was. It took them three months to work out that. You could, rather than having a, a, a you know specifically made face mask, you could waste, wear a, a you know a handkerchief on your nose. It took three months to work out. The, um, as we don't have enough masks, you can wear a face covering. I mean that kind of idiocracy and you know idi- idiocy is 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 mind-boggling. I mean the, we've got that's why we've got no we've got literally no hope. The policy the policy I've tried to advocate it hasn't taken off is instead of having a face mask if people could just all walk around with lit sparklers up their bum. Okay. Because <laughs> at least that would be a bit of a laugh. I get lucky with that one you know, because we're we're that sort of level we're that sort of level that uh, people say oh yeah yeah no, that's right that would probably you know kill the virus. So uh, I was, so playing God then Zach what would you do right now what would be your strategy they we we drop you into number ten and we give you ultimate power what are you going to do? I think there's a few there's a few I mean I would I would actually ban uh, international travel I mean it's just it's madness if I don't know I don't know how much travel is going on but I would the, all the holiday things. Uh, there's a lot of revenge I would take. I would, I would actually um, <laughs> oh, right, that as okay. well. I, I would, I hate, I hate uh, Richard Branson. I hate obviously Ryanair for many horrible journeys with the kids that we've had. So mm. then, uh, you know, the airlines lobbied obviously to keep going. Airports I hate as well. So hopefully that would, all, that would also, um, they would also go down. But, um, but I, I have to, I've got to take issue with that to a certain extent because. If if th- there are ways, like before, we we didn't know anything about the virus, and and it, we had to, there had something had to be done very early on, when we had no knowledge, and we still have no we we still have no not we still have uh, don't know anything about the virus either. Well, we do. We uh, it's, do amaz- know. it's amazing. It's amazing that you know initially they were trying to you know they were doing the ventilators and they were doing all the other stuff and you know treating people with this and that. There's been no, I've, there's been nothing in the papers of what actually works, what's been good for, you know. Oh, there was all sorts of nonsense, like smoking we've had, cigarettes. We've also had plenty of flip-flopping by every every agency connected to government or world government, including the WHO. The vaccine, the vaccine brigade is is a brigade. I mean, there is an absolute lobby there, just like as there was with the airlines to keep flying. There's a massive uh, uh, lobby from the vac, you know, the vaccines, you know, the the farmer there. Then there's not going to be. There is not going to be a vaccine. There is not. It's just not going to happen. So, so you say we we, say we 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 couldn't we couldn't crack the common cold. We can't even cure um, uh, baldness, and we can't even cure you know, weight gain. We, there's not going to be a vaccine for for this at all. Especially, so, I mean, so we may as well carry on then, Zach. So we may as well fly and carry on. That- Extreme Marxism is quite a good cure for weight gain. Because <laughs> that's when you have to surrender your pets to the government so they can eat them instead. You, the thing with this is you've got something which apparently uh, it's a lottery in terms of, you know, you get it and nothing happens to you or you get it and you die within a week. And you don't know in which, you know, apart from being obviously a Bane person, which I am, and over 50 and bald and, you know, then you've got high, higher risk factors, um, uh, but which I'm looking forward to, obviously. Um, the... the, the um, 
you know, it, 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 that's the problem with this. It seems to be uh, a complete um, lot. It's like Russian roulette. You get it, nothing happens, and you get it, and uh, you die. Yeah, I, Bor- I, I get that. Zach, and Boris, I, I, and Boris, Boris, um, you know, uh, he, you know, he, he, first he hid it, uh, which was, you know, and then, and then they said he was, he was being taken to hospital for precautions. And I, and I said to myself, as soon as I read that, I thought, I know what that means. That means he's, he's literally, he's about, to, he's on death's door. It's nearly, it's, you know, it's, it's all over. And um, the spin on that was, was it, that was again that sort of Stasi Eastern European communist era. I mean, it was a hor- it was a horrible, a horrible type of lie. The, the lying, obviously, a Cummings type lie, is a Cummings spin, isn't it? That that type of thing. Um, those, you know, that sort of that uh, that um, episode, it showed what COVID is. That you know, it's 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 a total lottery. It's you know, you don't you just don't know. You can get it, and nothing happens, and you get it, and you die, and uh, and everything in between. But preventing air travel, just because of a lottery, if there's nothing we can do, the best thing we can do is no, to, no, you, is you, to get herd immunity you, and get on with it. Tra- if you don't travel, then obviously it won't it won't be spreading around. But it, it, we can't stop it, really. In reality, we can't. It's not going well, to. It's not going to ever go away. If there'd it's, been no air travel from January the first, it wouldn't have got to the UK, would it? But I'm talking, about, I'm talking to, about now, to, though. To pick up to pick up Zach's point about revenge tourism or revenge economics, this sh- what what we surely should have done was trebuchet all of our most vulnerable elderly people into, say, France. Because apparently, when they used to have like sieges in the medieval, people would just like, and, and then the plague was in town. So they, people would just like have like they would just fire um, plague-ridden cows and animals over the over the castle wall. That surely is the answer. Have, have you seen a film called Escape from New York? Which is oh, of course, of course. It's 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 again a, do- a documentary about modern modern BLM life in America. Right. Yes. Oh. So yeah. So. Basically, they, the, the island, the island of Manhattan, is completely boarded up. Um, Snake but, but, Pliskin, I heard you were dead. <laughs> so, that that line gets about twenty different airings. Is is one of John Carpenter's finest hours. I thought you'd like it. Actually, I thought you'd like <laughs> it. Um, but anyway, so it reminded me of of that for a moment. But we've got to save the president. President of what? So what we were saying, or what the government was saying, very early on was. One of their first messages was, "We we we are going to um, segregate the elderly and the vulnerable," and then that just got completely dropped, as you said earlier. The media wash was just they, they, they panicked, and they, as, killed, they, they, kill, they killed them all. They send them they, they send them to care homes, and I mean it was I mean it's just without, murder, without, right? without doing any testing. I think they were in weren't they in care homes or did were they no, taken no, from hospital? It was, the, it was the old it was the old biddies who basically used you know in general used you know hospitals as the, as a, like a hotel. Um, but they were they're not really ill; they're just old. They were sent to uh, care homes to free up beds. Ah, and right. So right. They, I think this podcast is going to do wonders for our eighty-plus demographic in the future. And so you know, they got rid of you know they got rid of. Uh, uh, that's why I said basically they would have killed anyone who was weak with that strategy. That's obviously being you know, covered up, and nothing will happen. And um, I'm not a fan of the NHS anyway, so I, I was regarded as a death service. So it, it is. It is now. It really is, um, or has been. And um, so, so, so that, so that was that. So I don't think that the, the second wave, you know, it's it's 
hopefully a clever thing to say that you know all the all the you know the the, the, the weak hands are gone now. So I don't think we need to worry about a second wave. Uh, we, we we're so uninformed about all this really still. I don't think anybody really knows or can make a call. But I think that kind of call is probably a, a reasonable one uh, to make. But, so, but people are scared, Zach. They don't want to go on the street. They don't want to go to a restaurant. They don't want to fly. They don't no, want to travel. They don't want to do anything. They're not scared. They're not. No, they are. They're, they're actually, no, they're lazy no, as well. No, they, they're, they're, paid, they've been paid for doing some, nothing. Some for are, the last, for sure. For the, last, for the last three months, six months, they've been paid to do nothing. Some people and are, that's for sure. But I think a lot of... I think a lot of people, you get bored of that after a while. And I think a lot of people do genuinely want to get back they to normal, they but the they're beach. scared. They've gone to, they, went, they went to the beach. They've gone, they've gone all over the place. Well, so, some thing. people have. Some people have, but not enough. It's, it's like, like we're seeing on our streets, you know, the, the, the footfall is much, much lower than it was. And but no, but most of the footfall was uh, from, as I said, tourists and, and office workers. The, the, there aren't that many people who live in central London, relatively speaking. It's always boosted by, you know, the fly-by-night uh, people. And so so that is that is basically, and then obviously a lot of those have other places outside London as well. So, you know, and uh, you probably haven't been to the, you know, the, the sort of the Tower Ham, Hamlets places and the other places like that, where I'm sure there's, you know, a vibrant life, as there is in the suburbs as well, I think. I think that's, there's been a, 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 a migration away from the centre into the suburbs, so the suburbs have been boosted uh, in that way. So it's, it's a little bit of a swings and roundabouts, but I think London is just a much better place. It's just much quieter, uh, much less pollution, and uh, you know, if, you know, it's it's just a, a better experience. I think it's not so crowded. You know, what's not to like? Mayfair is like a village. It's wonderful, but it can't survive like that. It needs the footfall. As, as, yeah, but that's where my Tim karma. Said. That's that, that's where my karma thing comes in. I, you know, the, the bloated London house, the property market will definitely um, uh, take a hit now. If you're not commuting and all that reason to be near near the centre, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be, you know, for you know people who are not on the property ladder and wanted to get on. Um, I think there's going to be a, a, a major readjustment um, in that area. So. Um, that's something to look out for. Do you it think that'll be? be per- do you think that'll be permanent? Sorry, Tim. I just. Yeah. Do you think that'll be permanent, uh, or do you think that's this is going to be a temporary thing? I think, it, I think the system. I think I think it's permanent because I think it was, it, the mind boggled as to why people would go in day you know, in the twenty first century with with all the you know tech that we have, got on a train, armpit to armpit, um, uh, you know, every day seven o'clock, eight o'clock in the morning, trying to get there by nine. Zombies going to work. I think that was absolutely. Uh, it was like a, it was a form of slavery. A complete waste of time. Complete waste of life. Even for even people like doing it, unless you're getting like a million pounds a year. Complete waste of life. Uh, you're wasting two, three hours a day just travelling and uh, dead time. I always and, think they should push think, the school. Think, the school time. I'm sure efficiency levels have really, you know, have actually gone up because obviously people did work. They worked from home because obviously they feared about those with work feared about you know losing their jobs. So they actually did work this time. In the old days, they wouldn't pre pre COVID. Um, the school thing, I I, I think that um, as I hated school and it's another karma thing or revenge, I would actually just have it as online as possible. Just you know, um, people children being taught uh, remotely. Yeah, um, I think they should have at, very, at the very least consider in the future 
pushing the, the start time for school to 10 o'clock. Because what's the point of all these school children trying to fight their way into school at the same time that all the commuters and you've got all the, the you know, the mums and dads driving their kids to school all at the same bloody time? It's never it made was, any it, sense. It was, it was it was completely stupid. It was, I'm saying, I'm saying we're, you know, idiocracy now, but that, yeah. was, that was completely dumb as well and not having staggered, you know, working hours and everything else. But um, I, I, the, the, the commercial property uh, companies and all those other, those other people are going to be, uh, I mean, that's it's the end for them. And um, I don't think there's there's no reason for going back to where the, we were before because we were already 10, 20 years out of date. We were already stretched it too far with the, you know, the, the com- commuting and everything else. There was no reason for it. Once we had broadband, there was no reason for it, really. Sorry, Tim, I interrupted well, you. All I was going to say is, on a semi-serious note, the, uh, the, the monetary insanity that we've had for the last 12 years and counting, one of the most pernicious effects of that is it's made, it's hugely raised inequality between the haves, between the asset rich and the asset non-rich. So, if, and I remember having a meeting with a client pre-COVID, so like January kind of time, and we were both wondering how on earth property prices could ever be affordable to people who are at the, at the foot of the ladder trying to get on. Well, now we have the answer. Um so the, if, if if there's one scrap of potential good news here, it's that, for example, COVID will end up being God's way of saying having a, a vast speculative buy to let property empire throughout central London is probably not the best of ideas at the moment. No, it's 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 just incredible. And the Airbnb people, I mean, the Airbnb, I mean, my, my rent's gone down. Uh, you put it put it down by twenty percent. Um, I think uh, if you're, I mean, that that was. It could have, it could have actually made it fifty percent. In fact, because I've got no reason at all to be in in a in a flat in central London. It was absolutely zero use. I go there mm-hmm. once a week, uh, and I'm sure it's the same for for, for every, everyone any, anyone else. So I think there'll be a redistribution of the whole property price uh, thing, and um, there you know there uh, a bit of common sense will probably come through. But at the moment, we're in this kind of weird no man's land where. I think most people, most most people with their eyes open, can see that there's going to be a, a extraordinary economic carnage in the fullness of time. But at the moment, it's like everything's been suspended, so you can't really tell quite where it's going to pop up. I cannot see how we get through this mess without without uh, without uh, yet another banking crisis, though. Because if you're talking about ultimately a, a big correction in property prices, we're talking about probably the single most meaningful asset class in the entire country. Exactly what I was about. So to if say, everyone takes yeah. a hit on that, I can't see how we emerge you know, remarkably unscathed. Have you seen that. the charts of some of the banks? They look awful. I mean, more awful than they ever have. And it's even more conspicuous, given that you've got everything else going up. It's like, it's it's just, I've never seen it so stretched. Well, yeah, but it's, it's, it, yeah, but it's a no, it's a no, banks are, banks are a no-brainer sell if they can't sue anyone uh, for uh, when they're in debt. You know, so if you're, if you default on your mortgage and you, they can't, they can't take the property, they can't kick you out. The banks are finished. Well, they're, they're, they're so they're, they're, their fortunes are tied to the property market. You said so yourself. Your rent's gone down by twenty percent. That's that's massive. So whoever owns that property is the, if they've got a mortgage, there's no way they can cover it. So it's this is probably sorry, people. It's probably of, also not reflected of, in you know, things like Bank of England worst case scenario planning either. 
Because the worst case scenario is always a really like minor adjustment to prices. It's not a twenty percent plus haircut. It never 20% is. Percent is 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 ridiculous. And if you think you could have got fifty, then there's going to be a wave of bankruptcy, surely. Yeah, and he wants to he wants to sell the flat, and he's got me in like a two you know it's a one year contract. He's you know I can leave after two the two month break clause, but basically he wants to sell the flat. Um, and you know, who's going to buy the flat? Mm. So he's, he's completely nailed now. So you know he can't he can't let it to anybody else because obviously the COVID thing and all the other stuff. I mean that's not quite see, that was the case before that one would you know wouldn't stop if we said we didn't want to move he couldn't do anything about it. Um, so so being a being a landlord I think must be now one of you know apart from owning a uh, a lap dancing bar or something like that I mean it must be one of the things. It must be one of the worst things to be at the moment. I mean, it really is. Uh, I think you know, just complete uh, disaster. And any, but any any anything in the financial area where you you you're owed owed money or debt, you can't. How can you if you can't recover stuff that you've lent? Um, can't take somebody to court. Then what do you do? Yes, it's. Um, I mean, I mean that that's something which is absolutely. Uh, you know, and then uh, it goes it goes you know hand in hand with the other with the other. Um, with the you know, with the um, thing about you know, once you've been on furlough, you know, why would you want to get off furlough? Yeah, but they, but they the can't... teachers, why were teachers? Why would they want to go to school? They've been paid to do nothing. Why would they want to get the schools to open? I mean, that's that's not going to happen either. I mean, I don't think the unions will just block it. You know. Yeah, but at some point. Well, that, that's when we get that's when we get something like a kind of 1970s uh, redux, which is it, it basically it's a standoff between the unions and the government all over again. In the mean, in the meanwhile, we just get we just get stagflation because there's, no ec- de- there's no economic could, could activity and yet prices go. I think you're. I think both of you are missing the thing that that all you know, all the consequences. There are no consequences now because they, they just write a check or you ignore it or you defer it. There's no crisis. Well, the con- the consequences you 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 d- implode the value of your currency because people suddenly start to twig to the 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 the, the realization of the dramatic loss of value to holding fiat fiat assets. I'd argue also that yeah, you can do it for a while. You can't do it forever. You just can't. It won't. So so, so it's what Mises referred to as the uh, the crack up boom. When and and argue, I mean, again, it's it's a narrative. It may or may not be a correct narrative, but if you simply follow the price, gold and silver together are telling us something. Quite what they're telling is, you know, we will be debating for some time. But what I think they're telling us is, you know, the marginal investor is starting to sort of look at the money printing going on in the absence of, you know, uh, associated associated in economic activity, and thinking, you know what. Rather than having my pile of dollars in the bank, I'd rather have a pile of gold. And the stagflation argument is could be a strong one because some prices, because of of COVID, have have gone up. You know, because you food, can't, food, you can't food make prices. It. Food prices are going to go up. Um, if you're going to go out to eat uh, for any restaurant that survives, the the prices of those meals are not going to go down because the restaurants have to recoup the fact that it's only got twenty percent of its capacity now. Haircut. The price of haircuts is not going to go down. Anecdotally, it has gone up by about twenty percent. You know, I mean, these are all pockets of things. All these things are discretionary. There's hardly anything that you know. You're... Food, food isn't. Food isn't. <laughs> and haircuts. No, no, the, rest- well... no, the restaurants. No, but the restaurants is discretionary. The haircut yeah. is discretionary. Or, and there's so many things which are discretionary, and um, that's that's the issue that it doesn't make. You know, that, that it's a zero for those sectors. And they can't come back. And they're so just, you know, I mean, even the the, the 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 air travel is a discretionary thing. And I'm sure 
most people have stayed, you know, they're obviously stayed, uh, they've stayed here. But you have, what's interesting is you have massive, you know, you have the, 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 the losers who are like total losers. But then you also have massive winners, you know, anything online, anything based at home, you know, exercise bikes, uh, garden furniture, you've got all these things which are booming. And somehow, you know, the, the two things have maybe had a balance of, 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 of sorts. Yeah, well, that was, that was my argument for the why this was different to the crisis of 2007, 2008, where everything was affected like blanket right across the system in, in at that time. But this time you have got some, like you say, some businesses that that will thrive and, and survive uh, and, and will balance to a certain extent, but but not enough. You do need you do need confidence to come back into the system. And if that, if people remain scared, and let's face it, there's there's this dual like, oh, everything's okay, we can go back to school, but actually, you've got a, you, there may be a second wave, and all this, the media still giving us this, we're never going to get rid of it, and all the negative, um, you know, yeah, headlines. But, yeah, but it's, it's, it's that, the, the, that sort of, you know, the, it's the, the the people taking the, you know, taking the Mickey out of you know, the government saying, you know. Stay in, but go out, and you know, um, get get up, but get down, or, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, the the the, the stupid, the coming slogan was, the propaganda slogan was, and um, this situation now, the school thing is just to try and get normality back. It's it's nothing, to, it's nothing to do with safety at all, because you know, parents parents going to drop their children to school and collecting them and everything else, they could get it, and they could, you know, it's 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 absolutely. You know, if you, if you were squeamish, you could just say, "I'm not. I'm not taking my kids to school because I don't want to get. I don't want to get COVID. I mean, I would get COVID from get, taking my kids to school and bringing them back, either from them getting it from other kids or whatever it is. So there's no safety thing at all. If COVID is what it is, the school shouldn't go back. And but but never, forever. I mean, they, that's the point. At some point, what, at some wrong, point, there has what's to. Wrong with, what's wrong with children studying from home anyway? Well, no. Look, anyone, I, any 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 kid over ten or eleven, anyway. Can do you know is perfectly capable of doing all their work from home. Probably even nine or ten can do it all from home. Well, absolutely. That's that is that's always been the case. I mean, the I, only my, the only thing realistically preventing wider home study is the fact that it's socially useful and you know uh, evolutionarily useful. The whole brainwashing thing, and you get bullied, and you get this, and you get that. Well, no, but I'm, but, I'm just saying that, it, that, that the more the more round the, the the more rounded citizen will ultimately be someone who's spent time with their peer group. And I mean, I I I, I would be I, I hated time with my peer group. I wish I wish I could have studied from home all all through my childhood. But the reality now is it doesn't matter because they're making up the A-level results anyway. So we well, can no, all give ourselves that, yeah. fancy qualifications for, you know, for, you know uh, the only thing that I'm, I'm surprised at is why they haven't re- rebranded the qualifications because if they're going to make them all up, then why not call them, instead of getting an A-grade in, soci- you know, in, in whatever, in sociology, why not just say, well, I've got a, I've got a, a, a double a a double a rainbow unicorn, uh, fluffy, fluffy sunny buns. What did you get? Oh, I just got two unicorns. Ah, loser. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Re- rebrand all the qualifications too. No, but, I mean, it, it, but it's 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 good in a way. It's actually worked because it was all you know. The grades are always a random fil- filtering mechanism anyway. You're just trying to narrow. You know, you're just trying to funnel. You know, uh, you know, reduce numbers so for, for courses and for jobs in the workplace. And you could do it on any basis. I mean, the, the, this year's 
basis was as good as any as any other one. I don't think A levels ever represented anything which was any which was rigorous in any way at all, apart from you you know you, you having enough attention span to learn something off by heart. Yeah. I mean, the, the the argument about what education actually does for you, I think Tim's argument about how it um, is a social interaction, I, I, I tend to agree with that. And I think that is the downside of everybody working from home and Zoom calls and stuff like that. They're going to get pissed off with it. Let's face it. Eventually, you just want to meet people. You want to talk face to face. You don't want to delay. You know, you want to be able to read body language. Um, you 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 don't want any interruptions. You want to have it so that you're focused. It's and and it's it's very important as human beings. We are we are you know, we want to socialise in groups, and that's why I I just I mean that's why I love London. I love London because it's busy. I love cities that are busy. If you go out to the country and spend you know weeks and weeks and weeks there, I just I couldn't do that. I would feel like I was missing something, even though I couldn't really put my finger on what that would be. And the way we organise ourselves, for example, you have to have places that have centres of excellence. You can't have an opera house in every every town. You have to have one. You know, there are some people in the north of England who have to drive 15, 20 miles just to go to a cinema. I mean, yeah, you could say, well, we could all watch Netflix. And yeah, you're right. But there's there is something about being with other people and experiencing things together that I think is important. As far as education goes, I totally agree that you could you could definitely learn everything you need to know and more and more important stuff on your own. And most children who are, uh, once you've gotten beyond the maths and English, will have a specialist subject that they have to try and find them, themselves. Otherwise, they'll just fall into a job that they can do rather than one that they should do. So encouraging talent to you know especially in this day and age where you could be a computer program or you could be a games player you know esports is one of the biggest most lucrative sports on the planet and you don't hear anything about that at school of course you wouldn't but that is a viable sport um it, it it's just the 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 economy has changed so quickly our education system hasn't managed to keep up with it and i don't know even before this, we talked about what are the values of of having a degree in this in this day and age. And and aside from the the fun that you're going to have at university and the people that you're going to meet, I, I I don't think it is really about the education. But to be fair, I don't I don't think it ever was. I mean, Tim, you 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 remember? I remember the story you said about how when you and your partner. Um, met at university and you were going to lectures and she said, well, have you heard of this new technology? It's called books. You know, yeah. you can learn everything from your books. And it's the same thing. You can learn everything and more on what, the internet. What, 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 one thing I, I, I kind of sneakily do rather look forward to out of this, this, this godforsaken mess is also that we're going to see, in the same way we're going to see a day of reckoning for residential property, uh, you know, overblown residential and commercial property in central London, we're also going to see a day of reckoning for shitty, you know, unnecessary Tony Blair legacy universities because they're all going to go because they're not providing any utility or value to man nor beast. And all they've done is basically the long march through the institutions has been a allowed to suffuse, you know, in almost the entirety of academia with a bunch of you know, Marxist know-nothing types. They're all going to go. They're all going to get dispersed to the four winds because it's completely untenable. 
the uh, we were talking about the we're talking about we're talking about the social the social the social influence of of, of schools but you, the university experience is even more uh, i would argue is about social interaction so the idea that people are going to pay the same amount of money for kind of basically like the occasional zoom lecture is just a nonsense that you're going to pay like thousands of pounds just to to take an online course is just and, and not get things like freshers fair or going down the pub or anything else exactly and getting laid uh, no way. Well, it depends. It depends what relations with your lectures is like. I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think. I think. I think. I, I, it looks to me actually. There's more win, on the day of reckoning basis. There are so many wonderful days of reckoning. Yeah. Uh, much. I mean, the things which would normally have gone on and on and on. I'm hoping that obviously the parliamentary system would be one of them. Yeah, um, but but um, you know that because I think that's the worst. That seems to be the worst thing how, in terms. of How could that change though, Zach? Because the people who would have to. I think change. I think we I think we're reaching a point where you literally. I mean, the the government is in, you know with the with the sort of you know don't go out but stay in or stay in but go you know go out or whatever you know these sort of what, what's I don't remember what the was oxy, not oxymoron but whatever the, the, yeah. whatever that is. Uh, capricious, capricious platitudes. I think, but, but but the contradictory nature of government, the the the, the U turns and the whole thing. I think we've gone. To, you can't even if you were a good person and you wanted to follow the government's orders. It's impossible. Be impossible. It's impossible. And that to me is that's when it's finished. It's absolutely finished. Uh, same with this fiasco with education and the, and all the other things down the line. It is. It's over. And I think that uh, it's we're, the, the only worry is the only way of changing this really is is for the rule of law to break down. Yeah, we're, the rule of law in terms of like I can't pay my rent or I don't want I, I could say to the landlord I don't I can't pay my rent I can't you know because of COVID I've got no money and there's nothing you can do about it even if I was making more money than ever. So we are in a situation now that we're very close to some you know reckoning point obviously people always say that and you know it never happens but i i think that you know there is there is a point which is it, i and i think there'll there'll be somebody or something well probably be somebody and not not like the black lives movement some other kind of movement which just says now that's it you know and i i i think it'll come from not from the right obviously not from the left not from the center but it'll be something new because when, when I when I think about you know I was thinking about what I was going to say and I was going to tell you fluff it today but I'm I, you know I can't stand the woke thing I can't stand the the, the right wing thing of you know we should have you know we, 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 we shouldn't destroy the economy and we shouldn't have had a lockdown I don't like the centre thing because that's you know that's just too nabby pabby for me uh, but the the reality of the, the right thing uh, the correct thing to have done doesn't it doesn't fit into any of those existing three different categories left right or centre. It's like a common sense thing or a practical thing, but we don't. We, we, we're not doing that at the moment. We're just doing the worst of all worlds every time. We do the worst of all, all worlds, I, I, and I can't believe that social media, the media, uh, everything just adds up to, you, you know, what's the worst thing to do? That's what's going to happen. You predict every worst scenario, and that's what and that's what happens in policy, in you know, with the school thing. It'll be a, it, I, the worst thing that could happen is that some people go back to school and others don't go back to school, and that's what will happen. I think, to be fair, what may happen is the government will end up napalming all the schools, 
or there'll be a, camp, a, camp, a concerted campaign of carpet bombing of what remains of our industrial and scholastic centres. Or they'll turn them into turn them into Amazon warehouses. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's it's, um, but you know, but it was. It, there's nothing that I mean. You must. I mean, both of you must see it. We've done nothing right over the last six months. I mean, has there been any victory at all? I mean, the only thing which looks right is the stock market is a way of earning money, or the stock market is you know has actually flourished in the last uh, you know since March. Since since COVID happened, yeah, but you say the stock market, but in reality, it's a handful of tech-related companies that have just gone through the roof, and everything else is in exactly the same mess it was before. Assuming it's still around, because you know half the airlines have gone. I mean, the foot, so you've got the all, all the things that have the been FTSE affected. Nearly hit eight thousand. The FTSE's at six thousand. It's way off its high. The FTSE itself is doing terribly. So it's not the stock market. It's specifically the US stock market. Yeah, more specifically exactly. the Nasdaq. Everything else is just crap. I mean. Well, yeah, there are, that, that's exactly what we were saying about at the top of the show. It's a fragmented market. There is, there is um, definite signs of, of massive strength in, in a few stocks, but, but the broader indices outside but is, of the US... It, Paul, are, is, that, is that not a, a late-stage phenomenon where the market breadth is almost entirely non-existent is, yeah. and is basically driven by Tesla? Yes. For, but, for want of a better, almost certainly fraudulent corporate entity. Well, yeah, but the, the the problem with that is that, as as Zach was saying and has said on many occasions, if the government just keeps writing checks, you can't you can't really fight it. You can observe it, but you can't really fight that wall of money. I mean, trying to trying to go short Tesla, you you get your face torn off. Every so this is time. so this is so this is the crucial. This is the the trillion dollar question. At what point? Because I, I, I think I know the answer, but I'll ask, the, I'll ask the technician, the market technician, at what point do you do the equivalent of shorting Tesla? And I think the answer is you do it once the market's already confirmed it's on the way back down again. Yes. In other words, you don't, you don't wait until it's already broken. Yes, that's, that is the answer. I mean, Zach, you, you can tell us what you think, but I, I think you've got using, to... Using Tesla as a proxy for market insanity today. Yeah. I mean, you also mentioned on a podcast that we haven't... Um, well, maybe by the time we, this one goes out, it would have gone out. But you, you, you talked about the the Apple being at two trillion, and in, I think I think I think I'm right in saying Tesla stocks up over four hundred percent this year. Yeah, that that's that sounds about right. And and explain that. I mean, you just can't basically. But that's that is primarily why I use charts because nothing ever makes any sense. Yeah, and. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again. You just you cannot use normal, rational, economic theory. Uh, you can use a different brand of it and your own style and, and what have you. No one's saying you can't make money in other ways, but if you're trying to make a rational sense of the market, you just can't. And the only the safest way, if you want to short a stock, is not to try and sell it as it's going up. It's to wait for it to to weaken and then go down. And to be fair, it did start to do that, and it it consolidated and gave some signals that yeah this could be time and then it just shot up like a rocket again but it it it's saying it's unsustainable is just like i don't know it's it's kind of pointless really because who really knows where it's where it's going to go it looked yeah, unsust- but, yeah, but, yeah, but it's so yeah but the, the whole explanation is that you know that in in a, in a in a crisis situation uh, people are all flocking to the same uh, few assets which they think are safe or have growth potential and so, you know, Apple, it's, you know, it's just under $500. It'll be six fifty by the end of next month. Tesla will be $3,000 by, you know, the end of next month. It, we're just, it, it, the momentum is just getting underway. I mean, it's, it's, 
it, it's because everybody's had the same flight to safety in in a sort of funnel situation. It's like you know every time you know leave a uh, a party at the same time, they're all you know through a very small door. They're all going into that into the same few stocks, uh, and there's no and the money that's been taken out of all the other sectors is going into those few situations. So they can go up much more than they would have gone before because of the breadth. But the breadth in this case is great because you just you just have a few situations. It's very easy to decide what to buy. You buy a few tech stocks and you buy a few pharma stocks. And Bob's your uncle. It's the easiest time you know in history to invest. So I, I think you should embrace embrace how easy it is. Uh, rather than get upset about it, you know. Well, I'm, I'm not. I'm not per se upset about it. I'm just trying to give a balance to the idea that the stock market is doing really well. And and that to that statement, you have I to. Don't think, have, I don't think we're in it's a, time, a quali- I, It's a qualified <laughs> yes that it is doing well because it isn't in in some very significant areas. I, th- I don't. I don't think this is a time to 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 come up with balance. There doesn't need to be on the one hand there's this, on the other hand there's that. Because you just have things which are, you know, real estate, commercial real estate, dead. There's no need to have a balance in that conversation. There's no need to have a balance on commuting. There's no need to have a balance on working from home. Because we're just, we're in an extreme world and extreme things are now the norm. Yeah. uh, So so I think, you know, in the old days, you know, pre-COVID it was different. But now, you know, now it's obvious the government is totally not fit for the purpose. It's it's and it's just amazing that nobody there's no nobody's taken any legal action nobody's done anything i mean it's just uh, you know I've, I've had people say to me you know boris you killed 60,000 people nothing's happened to him which he has you know he's, he's anybody else would have been frog marched out of downing street nothing happens yeah that, that that never happens i mean look at look at blair and the you know and the war etc it just just never never it never happens but but what 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 specifically do you do you blame him for? Because on the one hand, you're saying that that you don't agree with the people who say we shouldn't have locked down. Okay, it was mishandled to a certain extent that things were initiated slowly. But then, but action was initiated. So what specifically? There were two. There were two strat. There were there were only two strategies that we know would work with the benefit of hindsight. We know they would have worked. One would have been a lockdown from. The first time we heard about uh, the virus in Wuhan, all right, that would have worked. Obviously, you know, close all the ports, all the airports. That would have worked because the virus couldn't have got into the country. But well, would, would that merely just kick the problem into the future? Or no? Or the other the other strategy was the Swedish strategy, where you don't do anything at all. And you know you t- let nature take its course. There were well, two strategies. Well, so they, it wasn't what, that they didn't do anything; that they they just they kept going, but they were, were cautious. So before, I mean, there are arguments to say that this virus was around much longer than we we knew anyway, and so small changes in personal behaviour will have a big impact on how it spreads. There was, there has never, there, to my knowledge, there has never been a period in history ever where in the face of a pandemic or an epidemic, we've quarantined healthy people. So this is a this is a first. And it's unfair to say that Sweden did nothing. Sweden did make some attempts to shield the most vulnerable people, but they also, let's say, did a light touch of what everyone else has done, which is they allowed people to mingle, but they, they encouraged people not to meet in large groups. That, Just that said, surely be sensible. Will be, 
Yeah, exactly. Basically, well, heaven forfend, let people treat people like adults and let people assess the risk for themselves. That surely will be seen as ultimately the better the better way of doing this. Because everything that the go- the dead hand of government has touched, as, as Zach has said, basically it spent you know m- months and months and months dithering and maybe starting out in the right direction and saying, you know what, fuck it, let's do exactly the wrong thing and and just double down on insanity. If we if we were kind, we could say that. That well, they, that's not going to happen. Well, that's really, not going to happen. So. But let's say we, let's say in a parallel universe, we're going to be kind to the, the government and say, well, they just panicked and they just tried to do the right thing because they saw the numbers and it was like, holy shit. Well, I'm this- not even sure I would be generous enough to say right thing. They panicked in in the face of you know a hostile media and they they did whatever they thought would play with the media, which is not the same as the right thing. And it's that's not the same in anybody's world. Yeah. Okay. But then to, to what that, there is a big step between. Okay, making a mistake and and actually being um, being responsible. You're, you're, as you're, getting, for the you're getting into you're getting into you're getting into the President Nixon thing. When the government gets it wrong, it's not wrong because the government's done it, and it's yeah, it's like papal infallibility. No, no, no I, I don't I, mean, I don't believe that at the all. It was totally it was a hundred percent wrong. It's totally wrong. It's a mer- it's and it was negligent and willfully ne- negligent, and also it covered up and hid the truth of what it did. There is, there is no, there is nothing, it makes Nixon look like an amateur. There is nothing <laughs> here which, which uh, uh, absolves the government in any way. And nobody cares. I'm, I'm amazed. It's amazing. It's brilliant. I want, a, I want a job like that. Yeah. It's, um... I can't, you know, it's, like, it's like Tim takes client money, loses a lot, nobody says anything. He gets a massive, oh, it's like Woodford. Uh, you know, it's just wonderful. I mean, I want to. How do I get that? Yeah. How do I do? How do I get involved in all that? Well, that, that's brilliant. That's how I differentiate politics and markets. I think getting the markets right may be hard enough, but politics is is like that. It's that's that's the problem with the system is that you've got people who are in government for a short period of time who can do what the hell they want, and then people forget about them, and they they get their million pound you know jobs afterwards, and and all the connections. There, there must be a lesson. There must be a lesson here. There is no point having a government in the current form at all. Well, I, I, doing, I, there I, is absolutely there is absolutely no point. You can just you literally have services. You should just have services that you pay for, and there is no ultimate control. You can decide to have the NHS or Buper or this or that or whatever you want. You're just basically uh, you have a shopping list of needs, and you you and and that's it. Everything else is absolutely useless. They don't do anything on any other front anyway. Defense policy or this or that. Trade, they obviously can't get that right. Um, they not, they're not going to leave the EU either. That they've done absolutely nothing, and they don't want to leave the EU, you know, as well. And everything is completely wrong. I mean, it's a, it's been a total loss it, on every front uh, for every everything that we hold, you know, not say dear, but it's it's complete zero. The best, the best thing, the, the most enjoyable cognitive dissonance I get from this is all the people saying, you know, what we need, we need more government now. Having had this monumental policy failure on every level, we need more of it. You know, the punishment beatings must continue until morale improves. It's absolutely, I mean, that, the, the government thing is, you know, I don't know how we got into this absolutely totalitarian uh, situation. I mean, it's, it's not totalitarian in, in, the, in, in, in that sort of e- evil sense. It's just, but it's all, it's all enveloping and it's all like, you know, you're literally cotton-wooled in that, in that kind of way. And um, total disaster. I mean, we just don't need it at all. I mean, uh, big government's one thing and then 
small governments and other things, but I think these Ho- hopeless government is the worst. I, I, I'm not. I'm trying. I'm trying to work out what we need a government for. I just don't. I can't see what they do. Do you look at the Swiss model and think that could be us? I, I think. Well, I think that, um, that there, there, there are a lot, a lot of things to admire by uh, in that. I, but, but the problem is obviously if you have something like the the local government, which is also absolutely awful too. The, the system, you know, we have Victorian edifices in a in a in a in a you know iPod age or i you know or iPhone age. It doesn't. It's just totally useless. It's just absolutely it's not useless, inappropriate. Actually, the the Victorian stuff's great. It's it's the medieval stuff that's the problem. Um, but we you know we're just. I don't see. I just don't see what we have government for at all. I don't see what has been done in any way. Uh, of any use, uh, it's just literally zero percent across the board. Um, so that just has to go. I mean, the cost of it must be is, is just it must be horrific anyway. Um, so uh, you know, I, I think the, the 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 best example is the NHS and uh, NHS and how awful it is, um, and uh, and that cult of NHS that we had and all that sort of stuff. Um, but that is where you know big government meets. Um, you know, complete incompetence and, un- and unlimited funding. And where do, and the people who they they hire for these for these off qual and off gem and all the where do they come from? Okay, again, I want a job. I want that job. NHS trust. How do you get a job at an NH trust and get three hundred grand a year for killing people? I don't, how do you do that? You know, there's there's that. It's, it is the quality of the people, the motivation of the people to get involved as well. Obviously, politics attracts the worst kind of snake-type individuals. Um, politics should, if anything, be like jury service, not not something where you somehow climb the, you know, get into the party system and everything else. It's some, something which is basically foist upon you, or you're nominated or something by, you know, or I mean, or something like that. Or you're sentenced. You're sentenced to do it. It's it's a difficult problem because on the one hand, you you'd like somebody to stay in office for long enough to to sort their mess out and to be forced to to deal with the problems that they make. But on the other hand, you don't want to have somebody in with ultimate power that you can't get out either. So the if we take corporations as an example, and Tim will, will know this uh, better than anybody, that the Japanese companies tend to have um, chairmen and chief executives who stay in the business for, you know, decades because they, they stay there until they get the job done. There's that, that kind of idea that that they're responsible, whereas that's not the case with US companies where you have a, a big turnover of you're there for two or three years, you do what you can to pump the stock market price up, you get paid in options, um, you, you take your big salary, your big options deal, and off you go, and then you just go and do it somewhere else. Um, so it's a very different idea of, of what what makes a good leader a, and a good company, and having staying power is... is I would argue is 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 really important. You know, you have to stay around to sort it out. But you, by the same token, you don't want people to stay in in power for that for a long period of time. So I can't square the circle. I, I don't know. I don't know what you would do. Well, then you end up with the queen. You know, it just goes on and on forever. You know, um, but and you get people who are out of date. I mean, I think that's that's the other problem. You get people who are not. Um, you know, they're 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 promoting ideas and things which are just totally. Um, you know, um, not appropriate now. But the, I think the privatization of government, I, I think, would be, I, I think that's the only solution 
in whatever form it would take. Um, because, but, and also to decide what we, a ministry of education, a ministry of uh, housing, uh, housing I don't, again, what do they do? Are they actually needed in any way at all? And can their, their input on a national level decision-making, et cetera, does it actually do anything positive at all? I don't think it does. In all seriousness, have you ever thought about going into politics? You still could. I, I actually, the, the only reason I didn't go into politics because I thought that if, in order to be get into politics and get an easy seat, you need to be like Oxbridge or you need to be like very clever or basically Oxbridge. <laughs> but that's... Uh... Well, I, th- I think I think the fact that Labour has as many MPs as it does has conclusively shown that to be incorrect. That was possibly the most foolish, stupid thing, idea I've uh, ever had. But that was in like the 1970s when mm. I was I was thinking about it then when everybody was Eton and Oxford and everything else. So so I think that's the case. But I, I, I the, the, the problem is that um, in order to you know, push your way past other people, you have to have a certain character. And I don't think I'm, I'm somebody like that. You know, I think that I'm, you know, let's say, uh, uh, let's say before this, this broadcast, I had all my ideas ready and everything else. I've said nothing of what I wanted to say. Oh, we'll get on to those. We'll get on to those. And and it hasn't come out right. Sort it out, Zach. And it hasn't come out right. Uh, But, you know, it is, it is the, the idea of like, not left, not right, not centre, but something else. You know, the current, the whole, the problem is the, the, the current political spectrum that we have, all three parts, the left, centre and right, are all wrong. So we need a third dimension. Maybe that could be we your need, new party. Yeah, we, need, yeah, we need a new dimension. Fourth new dimension. dimension. The, there is yeah, a dimension fourth, beyond sight and sound. The fourth, we, the fourth, we have entered the twilight zone. The fourth dimension party is what we need. Uh, <laughs> thank you for that idea. Yeah, so I'm going to be like that. It's going to be like a sort of David Icke-esque uh, type of... Uh, a thing there, and just like, and then, and then the idea, like, say the BLM thing, because obviously I've got that. Uh, this was one idea I thought was going to be like really, like, really good for this, right? I really thought about this, right? Um, because you know, my parents came. I, I can't say anything about black people because obviously I'm not black, but I'm brown, so I can say something about brown people. So they came here in the '60s and '50s, and they thought the reason they couldn't get ahead is because they were, you know, they were they were migrants and they 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 couldn't speak English properly, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And so then their children uh, come here. Their children grow up like me, the second generation, and we have all the discrimination and this and that, and we think it's because we're brown, we haven't got a head and stuff like that. And then the, the, the BLM is the third generation who've been here. They've been here, now three, there's three generations in. They've been in the level playing field, and they haven't got anywhere either, and they've got no excuse. And so they blame the system that they're in. So it's basically a third generational thing rather than anything else. Because like for like, they, they, they can't avoid the evidence that they just haven't been up to scratch. They're just not good enough. They didn't work hard enough. They didn't study hard enough. They didn't create enough. They didn't do, let's say, what, what the, white, the white, white people in European people do. If there, was ever, if there was ever a more democratic way of making everything or opportunities for everybody now is the time you have the internet you had it doesn't work like that yeah but opportunity doesn't work like that it's just like i was i thought of this because i knew you would you would come in on that when i when i said that. no i, I don't you're I don't. so predictable paul <laughs> it's like me it's like me saying saying i'm the best songwriter ever and i better than paul mccartney paul it's your fault that you haven't promoted me and made me uh, a famous international songwriter well, that, that's, you know, this is the, that because this is something this yes. is something we talked about because i think i'm a genius songwriter yeah i've sent you the songs yeah and 
if I was a genius songwriter, there wouldn't have been, you know, we, we would have done something about it. I'm not, I'm good, but I'm not good enough. Not, and that, that's not necessarily and the, true. And the, but... the, BL, so the BLM is like, it's like me saying, oh, it's because of you, Paul. It's your fault. Mm. You, you're putting me down. You haven't encouraged me. It's your fault. So it's just victim. It's victim mentality. Yes, I know. I agree totally with that. I, I agree. That, and, that, but and, that's and part of the education system, and that's part of how, not, how this. No, not, no, it it's, is. It's, it's it's just not. It's not. I'm just not good enough, Paul. I'm just not good enough. It's, but it's, and they are, They they have not worked hard enough. They've not been created enough. They've not had the delayed gratification that that let's say European people do. They've got, not had a strong enough culture. They've uh, just thought of themselves in terms of their race, not in terms of being people. I don't think of myself in terms of my race. I think of myself of being me. Because when I thought of myself in terms of my race, it was a complete disaster in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. You can't do that. You have to think of yourself as an individual who's got talent, who's got skill. It's nothing to do with uh, color. It's nothing to do with your, your color of your eyes or your height or your anything else. It's to do with you. And it's it's literally your your own life matters. Well, well, I remember in my um, junior school, we had a, a massive range of, of 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 different people from all different walks of life, and it was it was incredible. And we we never had anything that suggested that. It, there was no racism. There just wasn't. Okay, you had like the 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 seventies TV that obviously had smatterings. Yeah, you can't of it. say yeah, you can't say that either because it's implied. It's always implied. And I, I on on the side of the black people, I would say it's always there's a hierarchy. Uh, there's a hierarchy anyway. There's a hier- hierarchy of race and class and um uh and money which exists and is is stronger than ever. It's a str- it's stronger than ever and and it works more efficiently. And more hidden than ever as well. The basic, so so basically, I walk into a room and people have already worked out that he's going to be this, he's going to be that. He's probably from a, from a relatively poor background. His parents came here. Uh, he's going to speak like this, etc., uh, etc. Et You're in a pigeonhole already. It's the same with black. I find black that people, astonishing. I find that astonishing. I would never, ma- nothing, I would never make nothing that has assumption. Changed. Nothing has changed since the seventies, apart from. You can't say directly that you don't like somebody of of, of a certain uh, race, or just because of the PC, um, you know, the, the 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 thing over them, you know, the you know the PC police, etc. So you can't say it. In in all discretionary forms of life, nothing has changed whatsoever. Not in socially, because in social the social side, there's no difference whatsoever. Absolutely no difference at all, because people can decide who they're friends with, who they sleep with. Etc. Etc. You can't make a law for that, and that has not changed one iota. I I, fi- I find I do find that it's astonishing. Um, and you, you and can that's o- you why, can you that's can why only BLM, that's why BLM are so it's so frustrating because that you know they they do every, you know you walk the walk you talk the talk you speak like I do uh, you know you try and be funny and witty it gets you nowhere because basically at the end of the day you're the wrong colours with what I said in the last I, I was preempting the BLM thing in the last one because I said I wanted to be white British and everything else, and I, I maintain that, because that's the only way of having an easy, easier, nicer life instantly. But with you friends, say that, but what couldn't... With friends and this and that. There's nothing you couldn't have achieved, Zach. There, there isn't. I, I haven't I, achieved I anything. I've done but, nothing. Yeah, but that's, that, but that's down to the fact that you've done nothing. It's got nothing to do with your colour. Well, that's, well, that's the BLM... That's, yeah, but that's, the, that's where the, the, the BLM people... Are blaming their it's their frustration of not being able to get ahead. But you but you were doing the same though, Zach. 
you were saying that that was that was a limiting factor and still is. And I, I just don't believe that it is. I just think people, well, look, I can only speak for myself and Tim. Maybe. Yeah, but there's, only, there's, only, yeah, but there's only two ways of looking at it. It's either it, it's not, if it's not a limiting factor, why have black and brown people not got ahead in society? Is it because of society or is it because they're not quite up to scratch? Well there's, a, well, there's a presumption there that, that what you've just said is true, and I'm not sure. I, I, I don't know how we prove that it's not necessarily true, but there's no shortage of, let's say, ethnic minorities in the current cabinet, for example. Yeah, but they're complete morons. They've, they just hire anybody just to show, to have a virtue virtue signal that we've got a brown person or a black person. They're complete. They're, literally, they just pick somebody off. It's like Baroness Warsi. Do you think she was a person of talent? That's the, that's the sort of divide and rule. That's unbelievable. But you could say that about yeah. Boris as well. He's, he's a white male who's um, who's clearly smart in in many ways. But look what he's done. You you could criticise him for not being very smart. Well, I think there's many criticism. I'm not. I'm not I don't see smart doesn't come into it in any in any way. But I, the the point there is that it, it's it just seems to be um, that 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 there has there hasn't been the achievement. The, the, the discretionary discrimination continues. There's nothing you can do about that at all. And you've got to say that the culture of, of the you know, people of color holds them back. Uh, and that's what holds them back as much as anything else. My, my problem with the whole Black Lives Matter thing is that it, it flies in the face of the kind of stuff that Martin Luther King was saying. So Martin Luther King gives this speech uh, where he talks about, you know, I, I long for a society where it's not about the, the, the colour of someone's skin, but the quality of their, you know, of their life or whatever. Absolutely. And the trouble is, with Black Lives Matter, the only thing that matters is the colour of people's skin. So it completely trashes, you know, the, the legacy of, 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 of race history in the state. And it's like, how on earth, how on earth anybody can buy into this nonsense? It's, 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 it's beyond me. It's completely I, beyond I, me. I think a lot of it was because of, of course, what happened in America, and they it, they perceived that there had to be a reaction, and this this is something that the fire started for. I think for good reasons, it should have been brought into the public domain, and and what happened to that guy, which was was shameful, but it, it triggered something that that was that just got out of hand, basically, that just kind of missed the point, and I think that was the problem. Um, yeah, but it, I, I think it's the third generation that have got no excuse for underachieving, under not integrating, or not being able to integrate. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. I mean, my and kids don't—they don't understand racism. They don't understand it. They don't know what that it ties is. In, and that ties in with the, you know, the uh, ISIS, you know, the Islamic terrorists and everything else. They're the third generation here as well. They, they don't, they don't, know, they can't integrate. They're not part of the system. They can never be part of the system. Some because it's, it, it's, the the young, you know, the, the young. Uh, uh, sub, you know, Pakistani lads or whatever they are, uh, Middle Eastern lads. They can't integrate. You know, because for whatever reason, we don't. I don't know whether it's because of the religion or because of their background or their color or whatever it is. But they're they're out. They're outside society, and they take drastic action. And there's no solution to that. And uh, at the moment, and but it, it needs to be recognised. And I think the BLM is part of that same that same thing. But it's the, the multicultural thing. I just think it just doesn't work at all. It just absolutely doesn't work. Everybody has the only way a society can work is if basically everybody agrees to the same kind of culture, the same kind of. Uh, I'll have a pint. I'll you know I'll I'll you know read you know you, you know, read the Times or you do this. I mean you have common things in it that you do 
uh, common ter- terms of reference. I don't think multiculturals, uh, multiculturalism works at all. And that's I that's think I think London's an example of it working. If you look at it, doesn't work. Of course, it works. No, it doesn't. Work. It doesn't work at all because you just all London is is a collection of different ghettos. It's not it's nothing to do with multiculturalism at all. You go on the tube. Not at all. In the old I'm, days, no. you could go on the tube. You wouldn't. You no, wouldn't hear. Not, you wouldn't absolutely. hear English. English being spoken. You'd have everything. That just means, if, that, that just means there are people from different, uh, you know, different. But that's the worst, actually. That you have. That you should have people. When people go to a country, they should all. Uh, uh, maintain have the same culture because otherwise the society can't grow and can't you know can't work together. You just have a fragmented society. That's why you know you've got stabbings, you've got bombings, you've got chaos, you've got crime. It's all to do with that. It's gangs. Just, that, that's that's into gang warfare. That's got nothing to do with how our society works. If you look at the major corporations. And, and who they employ. It's from all sorts of backgrounds. You walk into, you can walk into a Starbucks and you could be talking to somebody from France, Spain, you know, Italy, Germany, whatever country, um, or, or maybe even an African nation or somewhere else. And you could walk into a, a, a bank and you could equally be having a meeting with one and the same of those people. And you wouldn't bat an eyelid, especially in London. But that's so. not multiculturalism. I think that's, I mean, I, maybe I made this, that's, you know, this is not, not the topic here anyway, but uh, um, I, the, the way it's worked now, we, there is a third generation crisis. And I, I, I think that is the, that's the problem. That, but BLM is going to punch itself out anyway. I mean, it's like, it was like the Me Too movement. It, it, it's all the rage and then it just gets forgotten. Well, like Extinction Rebellion or whatever they're called, or one of the other. Uh, well, exactly, whatever they're called. You, one, stinky, they, stinky rebellion. They just, they, uh-huh. it just, it all just goes in waves, and then it gets forgotten, and and it will happen again with other with other things. And it's one of the one of the main reasons why I don't look at the media because you just don't. You just don't want to get drawn into it, but but it's a nuanced argument. It really is because there are places in in America that are racist. They they just are, and you know you've, there is some, there is evidence of it, and there's places that aren't, and there's people who use it as an excuse, and it's so so worst, it's so difficult to unpick it all. Yeah, but you think so? There's nowhere in the UK which is racist. No, I, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying it. I'm, I'm, of course, there must be. And, and racism on both sides, against white people and against black people as well. No, but, the worst thing for me is the, is, is, the, is the what I call inverted racism, which is basically black people and brown people hold white people as being better or superior than, than their own. What about the racism so, between so, Indians so, so, and Pakistanis? So, so, no, no, exactly. They're the worst. So basically, if... I, if, if if an Indian or a Pakistani t- would rather do business with, you know, if, I, if I'm providing a service, they'd rather do uh, the se- get the same service from a white person than one of their own people. Possibly. Like a yeah. doctor. Like a doctor. My father never had any private patients. What, what, what did he say about the NHS? What's his, what's his view, being a, an, NH, uh, an they, NHS? No, basically, that, became, that was destroyed from the 90s. When they when they they start they try to because it was losing so much money or Thatcher put in a you know her her way of doing things efficiency drive they turned it into a situation where the cost was paramount not health right so, so basically that's why you had these situations of anybody you know the the kid Charlie Guard etc it was a, it wasn't a medical decision it was a funding decision and then they take you to court to enforce that funding decision. I mean, totally against the Hippocratic Oath, totally wrong, absolutely immoral and disgusting, and uh, save the NHS. 
it's unbelievable. That's that. That's on a par with obviously the sixty. You know, the the care, sending the sick people to the care homes. Um, I mean, I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm obviously not going to be more bothered about, about it than anybody else because obviously nobody else is that bothered, apparently. But the NHS is just, you know, and basically, if you're a bit old, anyway, you go there with a with some, you know, like uh, you're 68 or 69, and basically they look at you and say, well, you know, you know, you know, you've got a bad back, or you've got this, like, go away, old man, you know, forget it. I, you or know, I, 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 my mum's in her 80s, and she got absolutely fantastic care from the from the NHS. I've got to say, um, so for so. Yeah, no, but, yeah, but that's what yeah, but that's what she should be getting. But there are a lot of people who they they don't. They don't do that. And, you know, probably I would guess they're in the minority or the waiting list are a disaster, for instance. So if, if you actually get the care, maybe you're great. But what about the waiting list? Well, now it's complete. It's a complete mess. It's a complete and utter mess. And I, th- I think that, you know, the statistics are for the NHS. It's one. Of, it's not in the top tier. It is a second and third rate service. And the statistics for the UK and cancer and other things like that are all worse than you know, countries that we should be in league with. So uh, saying that, you know, they looked after my mom or they saved my dog or they did this or they did that is not helpful. Well, because it's it, the truth. I, That's, I'm just, just trying to yeah, get but, balance to it. But but you, you don't you don't hear about the people, they killed my, well, they, they actually did kill my mother. You know, they said, palliative people said, oh, right, she's, you know, she's not going to, you know, we, we, she's too ill, she's got to go. They start on the morphine, you know, less than two weeks later, she's gone. Hmm. And so and, and if you don't listen to us, will take to the high court. Yeah. I mean, the, there so, are, so that, there are father, cases. I mean, my that's, father that's terrible. Do- my father is a doctor. Yeah. So he know, he you know, he knew what my mother was. So, you know, these things, it, it, the nice stories are nice, and that's fine because that's what they should, should be happening, but the nasty stories aren't so good. Yes. I, I, I Look, there, there has, I hear um, what the you're saying. But... And the mainstream media being what it is, there's no voice for the nasty stories. There's only the voice for the good stories. So my point with that was going to be, what does the fourth dimension party do about the media? Because the only way that something like Black Lives Matter could mushroom into what it did and, and everything else would be because you have a um, a media that allows and, and, and fans the flames. So, yes, yes, the, me- the media so, so, loves so, all that. I mean, the, 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 the media loves all that. And so, yes, but if, if, I, if, I, if, I, if I said that... Um, you know, uh, it's it's you know, black lives. Uh, it's black lives matter is wrong because it's their own fault because they've got a culture of, of, of you know, of not of not working hard, not studying, um, not integrating, blah blah blah. I, I wouldn't get a voice for that, would I? Well, one 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 way of addressing this is simply you remove you, you remove the idea of a big state uh, taxpayer funded media and just let everyone compete in a free market for this stuff. I mean, the, the BBC. I mean, for the love of God, can somebody get rid of it now? I mean, it's just ridiculous. It is ridiculous. I mean, it's. It, it, I think it's. It that is actually in this country the the worst aspect of the whole. You know, that keeps the whole edifice going, keeps the monarchy going, keeps the government going. You can never get rid of, uh, of all those, you know, the, all the rotten stuff while the BBC is there. So the so the fourth dimension party, you'd get rid of the BBC. I'd Would you do, allow? I'd actually probably I'd probably do most. It's mostly right wing stuff or conservative stuff, but actually actually but actually do it. I'd actually leave the EU. I'd actually leave, get rid of the BBC. I'd actually have done it now. Yeah. I you know I would actually, you know, get rid of the House of Lords. Because we don't need the House of Lords. I mean, it's ridiculous. Why do we have the House of Lords? So the Fourth Dimension Party would be sweeping in terms of 
you know taking uh, taking the the you know the best of the best of both and 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 new ideas as well. Mate, mate, how about make Britain quite good again? Yeah, make, no, make Britain make, slightly make, improved. Make, make Britain like Trumpton, you know, probably is what, what I like. That's, that's the Britain I love. Would you allow uh, Twitter? But, Would you allow, like, anything to go or, like, whatever goes on Twitter? Because So you can post anything you want about anything... And without, I would get rid. Of, I would get rid of political correctness. I think you know. If and I would, it's, just... it's almost impossible to do that. Well, if we're getting rid of the BBC, then political correctness. You know, the the the, the arch supporter of political correctness will, will be gone in a stroke. But the problem is the political correctness thing. It destroys debate and it destroys um, uh, different arguments. And therefore, that's why we have the worst of all worlds now because we're not. We don't have a proper debate. So I mean, that is a critical point. I mean, I, I've just realised you know what the last hour and a half was about. Because we we get to the worst of all worlds because we're not we're not able to have a proper debate. We're not able to have a winner or losing winning or losing argument. So we actually had a lockdown, but we didn't have a lockdown. We had a you know economic you know we we uh, destroyed the economy, but we're trying to save the economy. We we didn't want to upset anybody, so we did everything that everybody wanted in in badly. But PC really does destroy uh, thinking and argument and achieving the best result and it, it makes sure that you would always achieve the, the worst result because you don't want to upset you don't want to, nobody's allowed to be on the on the on the losing side and part of that is how you are paid for media and stories twitter facebook and um and whatever social media platforms you're going to use all all the newspapers are designed um, and Google click-throughs, Google ads, etc. They're designed to cause arguments. That's what they want. They want interaction. My, my, yeah, but my, my problem isn't with the new media. My problem is with the traditional stuff. And I would say that the biggest force for ill, for, for evil in the, the country at the moment is, it, it first, in first place, it would be the BBC, closely followed by Channel 4, both of which are basically uh, arms of the state. So you remove their funding and you, and you deal with the problem at the source. And then if it's if it's a if it's a if it's a market you know uh, private sector funded thing, well let let them duke it out the way you know however that 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 transpires and just allow free speech to be supported. I thought Channel Four mo- was private, Tim. I didn't realise they were. I don't understand the funding model for Channel Four, but certainly we don't get the gig unless you're going to be towing the line. It's the same with the banking oh. sector. You don't get a banking. You don't, with all these things, you know the, the off off was it off com or whatever it's called. Um, you know, obviously, you get your knife. I think it is But you wouldn't. You by the same token, you also wouldn't allow Twitter to to claim to be an impartial platform, but that that's, that's clearly has an agenda of its own. So you you know, there needs to be some sort of sensible regulation of these bodies, whereby anything goes as long as it's legal. We've we've pres- we've prescribed the right kind of. There needs to be some. There needs to be some form of regulation, because otherwise you just get the, the, the quality of stuff is just rancid. But we have we, we we don't have free speech in this country. America is it? The regulators are always rancid. Anything with a regulator is rancid. Tim's made a really job. good point about free speech, though. I think that's so important. Like many people in this country think we have free speech. We don't. The Americans have it. We don't. I think I was I was literally thinking again as I you know from my copious notes and everything else. And I thought I thought actually I can't. What can I say? I can't say anything. I can't say anything. I can't talk about the NHS. I can't we're we're a sa- the state of the markets is a safe space for you, Zach. Zach, you've you have said quite a lot. I would I would argue. So or is that too much? But no. But the <laughs> but but 
no, but the the whole thing about if there's any takeaway, it is that we somehow managed to do the worst of all worlds, and I do think I'm sure both of you agree that it has been the worst of all worlds. Well, it's been a, uh, it's a catastrophic it's, mess in in the sense that not only do has it not appreciably helped it we, nobody really knows what on earth is going on i don't know are we allowed to meet up i don't know i think so are we could we could we do a podcast together in person probably not but maybe if we social distanced i'm not it's just who knows who knows what the rules are it's the communication's been bad and it's yeah, and, and people but, are tired no, but, the of good, it. but the good thing about that is that if i say i don't want any I, i'm going to close down the houses of parliament I want to close down, you know, uh, the NHS. I want to close down the the BBC. I want to, you know, whatever it is. It, it couldn't be any worse than what we have. You know, if you say privatize uh, tom- from tomorrow, we're privatizing the NHS, getting rid of all the NHS trusts. There'll be everything will be centrally funded or whatever, however it's going to work. Um, what could possibly go wrong? Is that Nothing. is that is that feasible? Is there is there any way that could happen? What the over the NHS being privatized? Yes. Well, yes, because it, 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 yeah, because all he would need to do is get rid of what that what was established in 1990. I looked it up. It was as you look it up on Wikipedia. From 1990, they did this this disastrous um, money orientated rather than health orientated service, and that was the end of the that was the end of the story. Absolutely, the end of the story. Complete disaster. So, so that is it's a completely bloated disaster area. Well, we seem we seem to have had proof positive that the government isn't capable of organising its way out of a paper bag. So surely the, if you remember, we've we've discussed this issue off and on over the last couple of years. Is there any way in which, in which just local local communities could not make provision for healthcare and education? In the way that would be insuperably better than what the government claims to be doing now. I think that I think you, I, I heard it somewhere. Basically, Germany's got it right, and we just need to follow the German model. Apparently, so that's it. So they've got they've got they don't, they have it in different bits and everything else like that. And it's it's just called competition. In in the same way, it's Neil Neil, Neil. proper proper tendering. Proper yeah. tendering is the problem with with big government because everything just goes to friends. And you know, I'll give it to Tim. I'll give that contract to build a bridge to Paul. Uh, Zach can do the the the. And that's what we currently have because that's that's capitalism or crony capitalism. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That's what we have. So that's the pro- That is the problem with that. So basically, uh, a proper ten. The fourth dimension party says that you have a proper tendering process, almost like a blind, uh, a br- uh, you know, like a raffle or, a, or whatever it is, something like that. I mean, it's just you know, tombola, tombola. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You have a tombola because you know it wouldn't. You know, you just have people and a tombola with existing private service providers. So you know, you need face masks or you need um, um, ventilators. You need this. You need that. Or you need doctors. They provide it. The capital provides the doctors or so and so. Well, not capital because they're part of the, 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 the worst part of the whole thing. But uh, those sorts of companies are, are tendering there. So uh, blind tendering process. Um, I think would be would be right, but there's so much there's so much to do and so little time. What um, what's on your list then, Zach? What what haven't we covered? Um, I think you covered. Uh, I think we we have covered uh, every point. I think we did the we did the Biden thing. I didn't say that. Uh, I didn't talk about the seven straight months with a wife and kids. Um, oh yeah, just, what what was that like? I wanted to be sent to a care home. <laughs> 
But not a government, but not a government-run care home. So that was that one. I was talking about. I think I, I'm still. I suppose I'm quite miffed that, that Tim doesn't realise or hasn't said that Brexit was not about Brexit. It was just about Cameron versus um, um, Cameron versus uh, Johnson, and that was it. You know, it's just like saying, you know, the, the Battle of Bosworth Field was about the battle. It wasn't. It was. It was. It was about the field. It was. It was not about. You know, it was. It was just about two people who, you know, who wanted to be prime minister. And we've suffered all that shit, before, you know, for all that time just because of that. I would just like to add that on the topic of uh, Boris Johnson, there's uh, a lady, I, I won't give her the oxygen of publicity except to allude to her existence, but a lady on Twitter said, I, I didn't go into makeup theories, where is Johnson, or if he's, I mean, it's also, it's wildly uh, ungrammatical, uh, or if he's separating from hashtag carry, because I didn't see any evidences, evidences, but is it possible to take on this much weight in seven days? And then there's two photos of Boris Johnson. One's uh, taken on 15th of August, 2020 on VJ Day, and the other one is him looking frankly a bit pikey, wearing a, a little sort of woolly hat uh, on his holidays. Anyhow, my point, my point being, so what I immediately responded on this one, I snapped into action, Boris baby truthers now seem to be suggesting he ate his fiancée. <laughs> As someone, as someone who relished the initial wave of Brexit bedwitting, this latest tobogganing through the twilight zone by the left could hardly get more utterly delicious. So the, the, latest, the latest wave of nonsense would appear to be um, conspiracy theories that uh, Boris and Carrie have been having a difficult time and he has responded by eating her. Yes, yes. Well, no, I mean, he hasn't lost any weight, has he? I think that was basically the, the general gist of, of what that lady was, was, was implying. Yes, yes. No, because I read, I read, you know, I read some spin. It was some spin about, about a month ago. Awful. I mean, it's just so awful. You can read now. As a, I'm, just saying, I'm a great journalist, but as a, you know, you can sort of tell. Oh, Boris Johnson is, you know, taking part in the initiative to get us fit again. Obviously, we we get fit and we eat out at the same time. He's lost a stone and a half. I mean, nobody loses a stone and a half. I mean, it's, it's you know, you either lose a half a stone or you lose three stone, but you never lose a stone and a half. And obviously, a stone, <laughs> stone and a half, a stone and a half on a twenty stone man is just jack shit. I mean, that's just like you know, going to, taking it's just like taking a couple of shits actually in his case. So, I mean, unbelievable. The fourth dimension, the fourth dimension party will be standing on a health policy of making people lose the appropriate amount of weight for for what? A realistic yes. I either half a stone. You either have a choice of half a stone. Or three stone. You can't lose a stone and a half because nobody loses a stone and a half. So uh, one of the arguments for getting kids back to school is was the the fact that you had to spend time at home with your your wife and your kids. And for people who've been doing that, you know, you, you've either it's either been fine or it's either been a complete and utter nightmare. And obviously, it was the can you the choose latter. whose wife and kids you have to spend time with? I don't have any kids. <laughs> Fourth dimension party policy, you can choose. Um, but yeah, it's... it sounds a bit like celebrity wife swap, if you don't mind me saying. Yeah. Oh, God. It was, no, but literally, it was like, I mean, you know, Mar you know end of March, early April, you know, just the initial thing. It was absolutely. Uh, and then they left on the 14th of July. You should have seen my face then. I mean, you should have literally <laughs> Check seen the cat. I'm actually, I'm actually, I mean, I don't think I've ever had. Um, I don't know. I suppose it's like it's like that. I, I read a book when it's like Jonathan Livingston Seagull when the, when the seagull takes off or something like that. It was something like that. It was just spoiler alert. Or uh, or or imagine 
or that that bit, or when somebody injects themselves with heroin or something, you know, the expression <laughs> on the face, you know, that kind of thing. It was that like, bliss, oh, blissful God, look. It was so good. It was so good. It, it must is be great. You it, know, is, it is the expression of the dude on the Big Lebowski. Where where he's where he's being bowled down a bowling alley, and you see him, you see him traveling underneath uh, all these cheerleaders' dresses. I'm gonna have to do. Yeah. I'm gonna have to get that, and uh, I'm gonna put Zach's face on it. And it was I'm gonna, now that that but that is making memes great again. Yes, it was just. I mean, I I think I, there's nothing else that's ever happened to me that has matched that. But isn't, can you that, it? isn't that a great argument for sending your kids to like school and having them out? Uh, the yeah, house? No, but, no, but the 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 uh, the the, uh, the, 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 the obviously, if I'd had four months just with the kids, seven months just with the kids, that wouldn't have been a problem. Ah, right. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Moving swiftly on. <laughs> but to be fair, Zach. To so be absolutely seven, fair, the, the kids, I think that's echoed right across the world with, with everybody who's had to deal with that because, you know, women and men aren't designed to be at home together. They're just not, you know. I love the way, I love the way you come up with the... Uh, There's always a Rodriguez sort of like, you know, like softening softening the comments. <laughs> well, no, it's true. It's true. The voice we're, of reason. Well, we're designed to go out and, you know, it's still our... our this is why the pubs had to be opened. Exactly. It's like, it, that's why men had to go out and men are supposed to go out and fight and and basically forage yeah, yeah, yeah and let, no, let the no, women no, stay no, at home. sorry 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 paul if it was seven months day in day out with i don't know Gigi hadid or or whatever it, i can't think of anybody sexy at the moment Ju- julian anderson what julian anderson or something like yeah, or somebody like that. I mean, I mean, you know, I would, I would have seven years with her. But that's or what, seventy that, years with her. That's why the French have got it right, haven't they? You're supposed to have your your wife, and you're also supposed to have your your bit on the side. And... I feel so sorry for all the people who couldn't go and see their bit on the side. I mean, I really, really feel so sorry for you. What is what is the Middle Eastern take on this? A woman, a woman for duty, a boy for pleasure, a watermelon for ecstasy. <laughs> What's that from? I can't believe that. But where'd you get that from, Tim? I, I might have to edit that out. I just can't. No, 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 no. That's the best bit. If that goes, then you know. <laughs> okay. What hell will break loose? We're, a, we're a, this is this free speech channel. It's a free, yeah, it's free speech. Yes, exactly. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's just, so uh, you just can't unsee the, and I don't want to see. It's like I, the image. No. Okay. Moving swiftly on. Moving swiftly on. Me- media picks. Media picks. Media picks. Um, yes. So, so Zach, you had the survivors. 1970. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I've got through. I've got through uh, series. There's one series left to go now. I'm really upset. Uh, but brilliant! Uh, that was absolutely brilliant, and it's uh, it's uh, changed my you know. It, it just made, no. I mean, I think the thing is, it was all there in Survivors, and obviously nobody in the government actually has actually watched Survivors. So I mean, they could have picked up so many tips. Are you talking about the original seventies Survivors? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Because the one thing that the one thing, if people haven't seen this, the and I remember it from when it was first shown. So I must have been very very young at the time. But the people who haven't seen this, the originals nineteen seventies. Serious Survivors was a masterpiece of the, the the initial title sequence 
was a masterpiece of concision because, you know, being a BBC product, it was made on a budget of fuck all. So <laughs> the title sequence basically has someone who, let's face it, looks Chinese as a doctor in a in a laboratory and they, drop, and they drop it and then they're behind a mask and they drop a flask so you see that the camera is underneath the mask so you see the the mark the, the camera is underneath the flask so you see this 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 vial of liquid come down and then splash and then because it's a bbc you know zero budget production instead of seeing him sort of jetting around the world you see him getting on a plane and then you see a passport being stamped and it's stamped moscow and new york and london and then at the end, he falls over. And then there's like a puddle of blood just sort of slowly seeps across the screen. And it's, got, it's also got a terrifying sort of futuristic soundtrack. But if you want a lesson in how to convey, you know, ideas quickly and scarily on a, on a zero budget, uh, I, I doff my cap to whoever came up with that. Fantastic. It's filmmaking. absolutely superb. It's absolutely superb. It's almost like a long gif or a long meme. It's and it's like, even it's better brilliant. if someone then overlays the theme tune from Carla Lay's Butterflies on top of it. <laughs> Excellent. Tim, what, what have you got this week? So I've got two this week. It's, it, I find it's part of, the, part of the irony of lockdown that you, you spend ages waiting for a, a decent science fiction film about plague and then two come along at once. So... The first one was one I saw last week called Sputnik, which is a Russian film, 2020 Russian film, so very, very recent. Um, and basically, a long story short, it's a rip-off of the very first Quatermass film. So it's set in 1983. You have two Russian um, cosmonauts in a little capsule, and then something, something odd and disturbing happens. The capsule comes back to Earth. One of them is dead, and the other one's basically infected by a parasite. And the parasite then starts escaping him and killing people, and that's basically that's basically the the premise. But it's 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 a low budget film, but it's quite it's quite you know it it packs a bit of a punch. And so it's basically ripped off Quatermass. And the second one I happened to see just by doing a bit of channel surfing during the last few days. It's a film called Sea Fever, uh, which is a 2019 sci-fi horror film about people going out uh, fishing uh, on a little trawler. And then they start, and then they get they get surrounded by something they don't quite know what it is, which envelops the 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 vessel. And then they start sort of dying off one by one, having been infected by by sea going parasites. And again, it's a relatively low budget film, but they're both tremendously affected, uh, effective. So if anyone's interested in basically taking a, a day out from you know lockdown coronavirus horror, and instead fancies you know going on the lighter side of of, of sort of pandemic parasite based horror, then the first one was called Sputnik, which is a Russian film, and the second is called Sea Fever. Excellent. Um, mine for this week is a film called Le Diabolics, which is a French film from 1955. Ah, oh, superb. Black and white. Simone Signore. Y- yeah, my God. Tim, you are... Uh, I, I can't believe it. People think that you you were, you were primed for this, but no, that, you're absolutely it's, it's right. It's a cracking film, absolutely cracking film. Got on the best... I won't spoil it, one of the best endings of all time. Yes, just a fantastic film. Really brilliant and... Um, yeah, so it's the 1955 version. There's a 1996 version of the film. I suppose I better describe it. It's um, the um, it's a black and white. Obviously, the the wife of a mistress of a loathed school principal plan to murder him with what they believe is the perfect alibi. So basically, you've got the mistress and the wife who plan to to together to kill the husband, 
uh, with a perfect alibi, and it's just a fantastic suspense film. And um, it could have been a Hitchcock, really, couldn't it? Well, apparently, I read somewhere. I don't don't know where it where it is now. I try to find it, but apparently, he tried to get the rights to it, but missed it mm. by like half an hour or something. It already mm. it had already gone. But whether that's true or not, I don't know. But I could believe it. It's a, it's a classic. It's got a classic Hitchcockian style to it, mm. um, but it's handled so brilliantly in every way. Everything's come together with this film. So I think if you like your suspense, um, it's a it's a great film. And they've remade it, so just be careful. They, there's a 1996 version with Sharon Stone that got utterly ruined, and it's not that version. That is terrible. Um, you know. They, they completely missed what was good about the original film, so don't watch that one. Watch the original 1955 French version. Absolutely superb. So I'm glad you've seen it, Tim, and you, you give it the thumbs up. Have you seen it, Zach? It's too trendy for me. It's trendy? 1955, it's not trendy at all. No, but true, like, you know, like Art House. Oh, I've watched that, you know. I'm, 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 I'm low budget. I've got my Survivor's DVD. It is actually, it's a low budget. It's low budget as well. You can see it's yeah, just... But it's just like, you know, but I don't, it, I don't do anything which has like, you know, sort of brownie points for a culture. No, there's none of that. It's just like, okay. it's just a great film. It's just really, it's a, it's a brilliant story and the, the filmmaking is just spot on. It's, it hits... The, it hits the mark for me. It's, it's almost perfect. Um, it, it, so if you like that that style of film, I don't think you're going to get much better. It's better than some of Hitchcock's films, and mm. that that's saying How something. How can you say that? No, it is. And not all of his films were that good. Quite honestly, I like, Fren I like Frenzy. <laughs> Frenzy's great. Yeah, Frenzy's brilliant. Psycho was brilliant, but some of the other ones just didn't do it for me. I didn't think his version of the one that, where it's to do with Big Ben. Oh, 39 right. Steps. 39 Steps, yes. So that one, uh, I, don't, I didn't like his version at all. There was also Big Ben the movie, but I don't think he directed that. <laughs> that's a different style altogether. Anyway, that's, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you back on, Zach. Thank you for your, your long rant. Yeah, no, it's, well, yes, exactly. I think we'll keep, make it another two or three years till the next one. I hope we're still here at that point. But uh, Well, I'm, I'm sure very soon, well, I'd very much like us to be, all be in a room and do a, po a podcast together. Um, you know. Well, the last, one was, the last one was wonderful, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, that, was, that was in your, your place. Yeah. Didn't know how lucky we were. Well, no, we, I think we, we, we partied as if it was, actually. I mean, you know, it was like we knew what was coming. Alcohol alcohol was consumed yes and so I think I think it was it was it was a very very high quality <laughs> it's, well, it was very very high quality alcohol god knows what the output of the podcast was like then well we'll definitely do one for Christmas that's for sure so um, alright superb well thanks again right. Zach and uh, thank you Paul yeah and good luck with the fourth dimension party yeah thank you Zach thank if you, you need funding I can I can hook you up I'm just trying to. I'm trying to just break the mold. You know, I want to change, change the world. There's still time. There's still time. It's all for the <laughs> taking. Right. Thanks, Zach. Take care. Bye, Bye now. Bye. And thank you so much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure, and we'll catch you next time. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Please do your own research or contact a professional advisor.